You are listening to Zen and the Art of Triathlon. Well, hey there, all you triathlon studs and studettes. This is Coach Brett with another great episode of Zen and the Art of Triathlon. We've got a really cool show for you. We've got the news with Tawny and a video review. We're going to take two different people's uh, videos that they've sent us, and I'll post them on the website so you can go check them out. And uh, one is of swimming, and one is of running. And um, swimming is my expertise. I uh, pick out some really cool stuff for our, uh, I'll call him our donor, (laughs) for our donor from Sweden. To uh, check to check out to uh, work on, and Tawny is just a freaking guru at running uh, tips and tricks and finding stuff, and she um, she picks out those. Also, yeah, the news, lots of triathlon news going on, breaking news, all kinds of cool stuff that she and I cover. That's about an hour long, and then I tell you the secret to happiness. And just because I tell you what it is, doesn't mean that it's easy. It's actually pretty hard. But with that, I think you'll be able to uh, really put in some good work and maybe uh, make some progress towards being a really, really happy person. And then we have the training log. And this is my final build week to uh, race day for Ironman Texas. I do heat training. I describe how to start doing intervals. Uh, there's a there's a really nice trick to getting stronger, uh, but you got to build in the appropriate amount of rest, and it's a it's a type of training that I think a lot of you will really really enjoy. So that is this episode. Let's go ahead and get started with Tawny and the news and some video review. Here we go. Hey Tawny, how's it going? It's going really well. It's good to be back again, three I, times in a row, man. I'm stoked. I see you got the Shimano trucker hat on. Oh, yeah. Right after this, I'm actually leaving uh, for the rest of the afternoon to go teach boot camps and get with my clients in the gym and have a very active afternoon. So, got all my gear ready. What are you going to eat? You know, okay. all that energy. That's so funny you should bring that up because I was actually going to bring up this right before we got on the phone right now. Um, well, I, this morning for breakfast, I had uh, I did a run fasted. So when I came home, I had a purple sweet potato mixed with two eggs, chia seed, and like some co- shredded coconut and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, so that was what I had right after my run. And it's kind of like I kind of mix it all up into like this pseudo oatmeal consistency and it's freaking fabulous. Um, I'm going to be posting the recipe for it soon on my Coach Tawny website because it's just yeah. too good to share anymore. And then I was already hungry from that, so I made this random snack just now, and I've never made this before in my life, and I just had this weird craving. Have you ever had um, Rao's pasta sauce, R-A-O-S? I don't think so. No, it's maybe. not organic and it's not anything like crazy health nut whatever. But they sell it at Whole Foods and everything, and it is like crack. I mean, I, I've never been one to like promote a pasta sauce or yeah. marinara sauce, but this stuff is amazing. And I mix that up with half an avocado 
and some sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds and just like mix yeah. that in a bowl. That sounds and it good. Was, like, so random, but it totally hit the spot. It was like super high fat. It's going to keep me like energized and like steady for the next several hours. So yeah, I finally yeah, got fun. my nutrition down where I can work out for like an hour plus without anything, you know, Good. and, uh, and at, like what intensity? Oh, with intervals mixed ah, in. Yeah. Nice. Like I can, and I don't, I've tried adding, um, you know, just out of paranoia. Yeah. I better have a sip of something before I do this interval doesn't make any difference whatsoever good so yeah it's nice so um i want to hear a little bit about you before we start talking about news and how things are going in your like countdown to texas oh man i'm doing um sammy inkinen style training which is a lot it's also you know what it's been greenfield style training a lot of intervals but Mm -hmm. just enough to make you um stronger and faster and then a lot of rest and then everything's measured so that you keep improving and that you don't um, do anything to make you worse off. Mm-hmm. And then you can keep getting stronger and stronger. But the, the problem is, is you you do enough of that, you don't know how to pace yourself for something long like an Ironman, right? You're, you're plenty mm-hmm. fit, plenty strong. So what you do is on the weekend, you, um, you mix in a really long bike ride okay. and, and temper yourself, you know, like, Okay, I I did a four hour bike ride at whatever watts, and I finished feeling fine. Right, so that's probably what I should do my Ironman at. I shouldn't do, you know, harder, faster, you know. So, so I thought you were doing more like big volume stuff. Like I quit. I was like, I, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and this li- this is way better. Well, we'll find out at the Ironman if it's actually you know any faster. But it's I feel. Gonna, like- yeah. I feel like stronger, faster, uh, uh, more energized. I feel healthier, a yeah. lot healthier, and um, and I have a lot more time with my family. So I'm that's like, so huge. Yeah, I'm like, I, I went. Uh, Kai and I went uh, for a run. I ran, and he rode his bike, mm-hmm. and we when we were done, we did an hour and a half. You know, so it's kind of a long run. You know, yeah. And um, but when I was track. done, I was in no rush to go anywhere. I didn't have to go work out more or anything. So we just sat on the curb. You know, like father and son just kind of sitting on the curb drinking water and just talking about whatever, you know, right. in the shade of a tree. And I'm like, the, you know, I don't have to rush off and go do more, you know. And because so I did intervals during that run, um, I did the stuff that's going to make me faster and stronger anyway. Yeah, you're going to be – actually, I think those two, like, the approaches that you've had are going to complement each other so well. You're going to kick butt. I'm so excited to track you next weekend. Actually, yeah, that – if theoretically you would think doing a big chunk of volume for a while, right. And getting really, really aerobically fit. Yeah. And then stopping that and then going into high intensity to make sure you're nice and strong. And then the other thing is I feel recovered, totally recovered and ready to race like every three days. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good sign. Yeah. Like I'm fine. Like I, I just know that if I just take a couple days, it would be like lifting weights. Like how long do you need to wait before you go lift weights again? A couple days. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I feel fine. So. Awesome! Dude. I feel really energized. I feel like I'm going into this race not exhausted and hoping that I'm recovered by race day. There's very few people who can handle the big, big volume, especially on the amateur level when we're all working and have other lives to deal with. I mean, it's just 
it's tough. You yeah. really have to dedicate yourself to not just those like 20 plus hour weeks, but then the fatigue and like the fact that you just want to lay on the floor for the rest of the day. After yeah. yeah. And man, it's if I figure fun. this out, I'm going to be like Ben, man, I'm going to, I'm going to sell the hell out of this. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm going to like, cause it's nice. It's so nice, but there's a specific way that I'm doing it that works for me. And I kind of, the whole time I'm doing it, I'm trying to figure out, you know, like how can I, how can I communicate this to other people? Because if it works pretty well, then other people are going to want to do it too. So, mm-hmm. and, but then people get so caught up in the trap of doing it exactly like the person that they're modeling it after. Like mm-hmm. when I first started doing it, I started doing it, exam, it exactly like Sammy Inkinen, right? Because he's got this one blog post where he documented everything that he did. I'm going to check that out. Send me the link to that. Okay, yeah. And then uh, quickly I found out, well, this guy is the best half Iron Man, you know, second best amateur at Kona and beat half the pro field, the sub nine hour, sub nine hour at Kona. And I'm sitting here trying to replicate what he's doing. (laughs) Like, that's not going to work so well. You're going to find out really quick. You're not that good. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, So, so, um, um, the danger is, is people, uh, try to exactly copy what somebody's doing. And so if I, if I try to teach other people how to do it like this, then it'll be, you know, I have to reiterate a thousand times, you know, like follow your heart and like do this theoretically, you know, don't mm-hmm. do this exact workout on this day just like I did mm-hmm. because it may not work. So. Right. Yeah. Right. Good stuff. I know you can't, you know, that intensity stuff too, it comes with, it's very, very appealing to do the low volume, high intensity, but it's also, you, you're treading some risky waters in terms of, you have to have a pretty strong foundation with your body and not break down easily. I right. mean, that's when you're risking injury more. And that's why I think the math approach for so many people that are newer to sport maybe can be more beneficial beneficial because it's way less risky in that sense. Yeah, there's a, You have to do a lot of volume though. That's the, that's the trade-off. Yeah. And then the thing, yeah, exactly. And yeah, I was getting faster with all the volume for sure. You know, it was just exhausting me at yeah. time wise. And the, um, I've got, um, I think I've zeroed in on a way to, to do the intervals in a way that they're safe, that they don't hurt you. Uh, which I think is like you were just mentioning. That's the critical thing is to not so, get injured. Shouldn't you be like cutting yourself off at this point though and tapering? Um, very close. Uh, okay. Sammy again, don't, exactly replicate what he did <laughs> but that guy could put out nearly 400 watts it was like 395 watts for 50 minutes climbing up Damn. mount diablo right that's crazy so you're talking about somebody that was crazy strong and crazy he just uh we're going to talk about wildflower he just won wildflower again first over first amateur beat half the pro field you know what was his time oh i don't know uh but 12 hours a week you know He's not even really training. He's doing like a rowing across the Pacific thing. See, those so. type of people, like they're the freaking anomalies, man. Yeah, I mean. you, that's why I see, you know, <laughs> it's the theory. It's not, yeah. And then um, I wanted to mention that, Tawny, I almost got us the the uh, <laughs> a free ticket <laughs> to go cover Challenge uh, uh, Sardinia, this, this island off the coast of Italy, the Mediterranean. <laughs> So let me tell you how it happened. Do you know what happened? I have no idea. I saw like some little tweets going on. I was like, what's going on right now? Like a couple episodes ago, Tawny and I were talking and I was like, listen, people, Tawny and I will come cover your race if it's a really freaking cool race and it's for free and you get us there, then we will do the best media broadcasting that your race has ever seen, right? 
mm-hmm. and we'll have a blast and tons of people will watch. And um, so then lo and behold, I got one of these tweets that I get on occasion and it was, hey, we have this wonderful race. Please retweet. But like directed directly at me. They don't really know me or anything, but they're like, hey, you know, tweet about this. And I, I wrote back, well, kind of depends. Am I invited? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Logical response. It's like, it's like, hey, talk about our great party, you know? But then you got like, <laughs> Am I allowed in? And then, uh, so a whole bunch of direct messages behind the scene. Um, it's a, it's a half, it's a half distance Ironman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on the Med. This beautiful resort. It's put on by Challenge, and so it's just fantastic. And, um, uh, and so I said, listen. Tawny, Tawny and I host really big podcasts about triathlon. Yeah. And they were, they were, um, they were saying that they were asking like, where do we live? Um, what are, uh, who our audience is? And I said, well, the entire world. <laughs> I was really trying to get it. I actually, yeah. you know, the, it's fun. like I was just interacting with a guy on our Endurance Planet page yeah. this morning. He's like, just to give you an idea of like how global you are, um, you know, I'm coming to you from like, was it like Puerto Rico or, uh-huh. yeah. and I'm from, da, da, da. it's like, it's seriously all over the world. I know. Oh, that, that, that was so funny, Tawny. You should have, God, I need to send you the stream of direct we, messages. Are we in the race or what? <laughs> no. Listen to what happened. They go, oh, what they go, do you know any top pros? <laughs> I did. And I said, I said, well, yeah, like through interviewing them. And Tawny knows even more than I do. I think that's what I said. And I said, Tawny knows plenty. And then uh, I was really trying to get you in on the deal too, Tawny. And Thank then, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I'll hold the camera. You're the, you can be the one on the camera because you know what you're doing with that. So then I, uh, I, uh, they said, so I got them down to actually yes or no. Like, tell me, you know, can, can Tawny and I come? Are you going to pay for us to come? And then they said, uh, well, we're just the uh, promotional company. We really don't have the decision mm-hmm. for that. And we, mm-hmm. don't, we don't have the money to, um, to make that call. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, that, uh, and I'm like, well, what about advertising? <laughs> Dude, I like where your heart is at with yeah, this, Yeah, I'm like, come on. That we can promote awesome. this show. Or we can promote <laughs> this race on our show. Yeah, and I think by <laughs> I haven't heard back from them in two days. I think I I scared them off. Okay. But anyway, that was fun. The so quest I'm trying. continues. What? The quest continues. The quest qu- continues for us to go to like Thailand or, or oh man, Sardinia. I mean, holy cow. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, so did you see the, um, the news story about, this, Challenge? I just saw it this morning. Then Yeah. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. I, I just pulled it up too. Um, it's funny because I actually had Brad Culp on my show yesterday mm-hmm. talking about triathlon stuff. I haven't talked to him since like January, so we were like long overdue. Right. And we were talking about, you know, the, like some of the stuff that you and I have been talking about with the prize purses and all that. And the, I, the whole thing of challenge came up. But unfortunately, this story didn't come out until this morning. And this Bahrain race, I mean, $500,000 prize purse. Right. Five hundred thousand dollars—the largest For a half Ironman distance race, half Iron whatever. And lo and behold, they're going to allow pros. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, pros still exist, okay? And then you know what? The um, that's that's the biggest payout for a half. Um, uh, Kona only pays six fifty for a full, so it's half the distance for 
you know, almost as much money. Um, I can't find this. This news story is such a hit that uh, when I went to the website to try to figure out like how they do the breakdown, like what's mm-hmm. first going to get second. Oh yeah, third, yeah. The website swamped. It won't even run. But that was That's earlier amazing. this morning. Maybe you can get it to run right now. But yeah. um, it's in Bahrain, um, which is a real Western-friendly uh, Middle Eastern country. Mm-hmm. Um, the Prince of Bahrain is the one that swam across uh, what did he? The Gulf of something with Maca. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you remember Maca doing that a few weeks ago? It's yeah, yeah. I remember. Okay. Oh, yeah. I do remember catching one of that. So obviously they're like really super friendly toward endurance athletes and triathlon. Then that's great. Yeah. There's this huge triathlon center that they've built that they want uh, people to come through. And uh, yeah, that that swim that the Prince of Bahrain did was mm-hmm. no joke. It was ended up being 25 miles. Jeez, it's like stuff you do. <laughs> and he wouldn't quit. And um, I don't blame him. That sucks. <laughs> and it was just crazy. Like like that guy's serious, you know. And in these types of countries where the royalty runs everything, you know, they make the call. So. Yeah. If if the royalty's in the triathlon, guess which direction that whole country's going to go for a while. Hey, you know? I'm not going to argue that one. No, I'm great. like, cool. I love it. Yeah, so the prince is is a big time. The king of Bahrain uh, was on the shore when the prince got out of the water, and they're so like um, such a like a patriarchal kind of family and society that yeah. um, the the prince asked permission to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> and the king was like, "Yeah, sure, go ahead." But like, uh, yeah, this is huge. What do you think about this? I'm trying to look up more. I mean, I haven't really looked at it in detail. I just kind of caught wind, but yeah. I think it's great because you were just entering an age where I think it's going to be very decisive to see where this sport continues on. And if you can't pay the pros the way they need to be paid, I mean, there's only so much heart and soul you can put into it before you have to be able to make yeah. money and pay your life, you know? Yeah. And I like that challenge is setting the bar for yeah, they took advantage of this. Stuff. Yeah. It's the, great. Uh, the uh what was the other thing about this? It's so cool. Oh, uh it, Slow Twitch did a big review on, you know, like where the sport's going. Yeah. And in the United States, I think because we got on the triathlon earlier than everybody else maybe, we our con our market has flattened out. We're not yes. growing much at all. That's a brow Tommy. But it's like we're saturated. I mean, like, well, maybe not saturated, but but the rest of the world is. Um, the whole point is the rest of the world's growing a lot in triathlon, and yeah. So this is in a place where the rest of the world, uh, you know, can center in on. Right? Mm-hmm. It's it's not North American centered. It's centered, you know, where people from Asia and Europe. It's right in the middle. Yeah, yeah. It'll be yeah. interesting to see if it's the races in December, early December. You know, kind of like the tail end of um, the big season here in North America. Uh, you know, what kind of pros you're going to get that come out there? I mean, obviously, everyone's going to want to do it. They'll half Ironman's not too, super taxing, so it'll it'd be interesting to see with the lineup. Because oh, I didn't it looks think about like that also, either. Yeah, yeah, they'll also be giving free accommodation and, of course, free entry to all the pros too, according to the website. <laughs> And they're probably flying out there, too, for that. <laughs> this is awesome. If you're a pro, man, you want to go do this. Right? This is so great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you're saying, it's a half Ironman, right? So it's not that yeah, bad. It, yeah. That's no big deal, man. You can bust those out any given second. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we still don't know how, how deep they'll pay and all that stuff. So. Yeah, I know. I, could, I can't find that right now either. So, oh, well. 
We have plenty of time to figure it out. So what else is new? Uh, let's see. Well, you want to do the race reports for um, yes for Wildflower and St. George, for example? Oh, yes. Fresh on my head. <laughs> so the uh, let's do Wildflower first. Okay. There's um, uh, Jesse Thomas won it. Did he win four times in a row, or did he have to miss a year? Consecutively. He did. He was consecutive. That's crazy. It's crazy freaking awesome. Yeah. Four years. Four years straight four. of winning that that race is hard. Have you ever done Wildflower? No. And, you know, everyone – okay, so, like, my whole deal is, like, when I was in grad school, like, uh-huh. it'd always be around finals. And for me, it's just a really busy time of work. Like, my clients are all like, – I, you know, it's, like, about uh-huh. – so, yeah, it's just been one of those things where I haven't been able to tear yeah. myself away for it yet. I didn't go check out the course before the race. Mm-hmm. And – uh, also, it was a it was like a priming race for Wisconsin, so um, it wasn't an A race. So mm. our coach, my coach, had us um, work out a lot right before it, so that it was even harder. <laughs> I'm not a fan of that strategy. No, not, no. I got out. Of, okay, the swim is is the swim, right? Yeah. But holy crap, that is a hard race. It is really hilly. Well, actually, okay, so I did – I have ridden the bike course up there. It's so cool because yeah. um, they have permanent markers, mile markers yeah. on the roads out there. So my boyfriend and I were up there last year. Um, actually, it was kind of a miserable ride because it was on New Year's – either New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. And it was freezing. Yeah, that's freezing, cold. freezing, freezing, freezing. <laughs> I was You're like, oh, this is not fun. <laughs> but the course was yeah. gorgeous and challenging. Honestly, it's not much more challenging, though, than a lot of the training I have around here in Southern California. Right. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and, know? Then, and then on the run, I remember going, what the hell? This is off-road. Like, a lot of the run <laughs> is off-road on trails. And I remember somebody commenting, like, they weren't expecting that they could reach out and touch the ground with their hands at times. Like, it was parts of it are pretty steep. You know? It's like mountains. Yeah, and, so and I'd like- only raced in Texas up until that point. So how did that whole train through it and not recover thing work out for you then? Okay, <laughs> I mean, I probably probably PR'd. I guess that's good. So that's I was awesome. getting you know way more fit that that whole year. So yeah. But, okay, so who won the um, the girl side? Uh, three Pete Heather Jackson. Oh, so that's right. Jesse got his four Pete and Heather got her three Pete and. Man, I mean, it would have been fun just to watch that, regardless of even racing or not. That's yeah. awesome. Um, that's uh, Heather's race. I mean, Heather really, it works to her strengths for sure. And especially now that she knows that course, like the back of her hand. And I like to joke too, I think that Wadi has a special uh, soft spot for it because you're so close to really great wine country and yeah. good beers and all that kind of stuff. So you know how they are with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, um, uh, Starkowitz's um, seat post fell oh, uh, really? at mile like early on the bike he hit a pothole and his seat post sank and then he, it, he wasn't able to get his seat post back up until mile 40 on the bike still and got it, the back fastest it, bike split of the day though yeah he got fourth wow. um, with that with i didn't know that it fell like two inches or something like it would really That's... mess you up detrimental like not just obviously for the bike but yeah. like what that will do like low run. back pain and then leading into the run yeah, yeah. that's got to be that's pretty impressive i learned the other day I, I don't, i'm surprised i didn't already know this that starkowitz um yelled and cussed and back and forth with a ex-doper cyclist that was in a triathlon with him wasn't that at oceanside 
Uh, yeah, probably. And I think it was. And I'm like, oh, I like Starkey now. <laughs> yeah, because everyone, yeah. the day I was at Oceanside, everyone's like, how could they let this pro, you know, former doper race? And I was like, who the hell are they even talking about? It's yeah. I honestly don't even, I can't think of his name off the top of my head right now. He's yeah. not one of, like, the main big guys right but now. He, he might get that way. He's, he's yeah. um, definitely as fast or faster than Starkowitz on the bike. And uh, so apparently Starkowitz either came across during the race past him or like while getting ready for the race, like crossed paths with him. And Starkowitz started like cussing him out <laughs> and saying, <laughs> doper, you know. And that other guy got really mad and started yelling back at Starkowitz. And I'm like, that is so Starky to like just start mouthing off to him, you know. Right. That's like, awesome. Somebody needs to do that. So I guess, you know, whatever. But uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Anyway, um, let's see. Anything else about Wildflower? Um, I was the happy. Lake to see, if you didn't see, seem to be that much. Yeah, of an issue. so I found out like logistically, and this is everyone's giving mad props to the organizers. Terry, I guess, is the longtime RD of the race, and you know, it's like when you have that situation of the lake being practically empty, the fact that they were able to pull it off and figure out a solution and not cancel the swim mm-hmm. uh, was fabulous. And I, they had it ended up occurring in like a nearby little stream or lake thingy and that's what caused t1 to be like over two miles long of running but they counted that two miles towards the rest of the run right so i didn't know that at first and i was like looking at t1 i'm like how is that possible these t1 times are still like pretty normal but yeah Yeah. so they took they chopped off some mileage on the actual run and then added those two miles to the run so it's a way to do it that's a first i've never seen that happen before but freaking genius yeah that's pretty smart yeah it was a good race um i definitely Definitely, I'm gonna. That's on my bucket list. Yeah, it's an experience. The camping beforehand is actually what it's all about. Yeah, <laughs> but I would never do the Olympic. I mean, I would be all about doing the half. Oh yeah, the half. I, no oh. way. Want to be like tortured on Saturday night when everyone's partying, and I'm like, wait, I have to race tomorrow. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You don't want to. Yeah. No, no thanks. Uh, St. George. Pretty Bam. good. So what are we were say? Oh, we were talking about like Angela and Jody Swallow. Uh, and Jody definitely pulled through with second. Angela, I looked like she. I saw the tweet that you guys had together. She had like Giardia or something. Yeah, she was um, said that she had Giardia before and still hadn't really recovered very much. Dude, I didn't know that. And then, well, but then the um, this is that situation with a. Uh, I'm actually having an actual squirrel moment. There's a squirrel <laughs> on the house across the street. Squirrel and moment. There's mockingbirds that are attacking it, you know, like to get it away. Like there's like six <laughs> mockingbirds like flying around, like attacking. It. Okay. Anyway, the uh, my master made me this collar. He is a good and smart master, and he made me this collar so that I may talk. Squirrel. <laughs> Squirrel. The uh, that this is that situation that happens with uh, where they concentrate all the pros into one race. You got people like Jordan Rapp and Angela Nath, like placing way out off the top right because yeah. there's so many pros there that it's ridiculous it's it gets to be oversaturated with with everybody showing up and i don't know but it's just you know everyone is so close in fitness like the guys yeah. the top 25 guys all went under sub four hours 25 guys going under sub four hours and like the spread is like you know the first top three or something were all within a minute so right. it's almost like itu-ish were, in yeah. that sense you know you would expect oh, Jan, Fro- frodinho or whatever won it pull through with their win baby yeah. i called that one <laughs> i'm getting good at this yeah. um 
No, it was, it was still really good, though. You know, it's definitely – what's interesting is, you know, usually these harder hilly, hilly courses, you'll see a lot bigger gaps in between the finishing. I mean, even look at Wildflower. There's, like, at least a couple minutes between the top pros finishing times and all that. But St. George, it was back to back to back to back to back. I mean, there yeah. was never a dull second for, you know, it looks like a 10-minute stretch of finishing. Yeah, and a race that hard usually breaks apart the field pretty good. Yeah, but, you know, the biggest, I think, for the guys – at least the biggest takeaway for me is that it looks like the Uber bikers, you know, they just, they are Uber bikers, but they just didn't able, they can't hold on on that run. And it just really comes down to the run on a hard course like that. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, I really think the same goes for the women as well. I think, um, yeah, well, uh, my mind's starting to go forward into Ironman Australia. Did you know anything about that race? I got an interesting no. tidbit on that. No. Well, I know that um, Melissa Hostchild won her won first it. Ironman, yeah. but it didn't. Uh, apparently, it wasn't you know this glamorous you know flawless day. So she had to fight for it, from what I heard. I didn't end up following the whole whole race, to be honest with you. You know, I don't know if it was Australia or another long race, another Ironman that Hillary Biscay was in. Let me look. She was up. in. Yeah, she, it was the same one. Did you read her blog post about what happened? No, what happened? Um. She had to lay down in the um, in the race and then kind of gather herself. And then because she's never quit one before or something like that, you know, just decided to keep policy. on going. Sounds to me like she's overtrained or just worn out because she did Ultraman in the fall. Yeah. And then um, is just racing tons. And with her clothing line, the, um, the Smash Fest Queen. I don't know how she does it. It's, it's like really taken off and it's nice stuff. And, and um, I think she's kind of worn out. So this is how you know. I was, I was reading this. This is how you know when you might need to take a break. <laughs> um, she was in putting uh, any kind of pressure on the pedal seemed to require me to reach deep down into my chest and gather strength that was not there. That's any kind of pressure on her pedals. It was, I was empty inside and could hardly keep my eyes open. I kept looking for a grassy patch on the side of the road to lay down, but eventually con- convinced myself just to keep pedaling till T2, and then I figured I could lie down. Oof. And so that's what she did. This is kind of funny what happened. She grabbed her transition bag and curled up in the fetal position on the asphalt in the change tent and tried to sleep. Oof. Uh, apparently, though, <laughs> 400 milligrams of caffeine she had taken on the bike um, wouldn't give her energy, but it wouldn't let her sleep, right? So you're just laying there, and you've got the jitters, but you got no energy, and you can't sleep. And um, she eventually, since she couldn't, she, this is how tough she is. Since She figured since she couldn't sleep, she might as well just get going, and she ran an entire marathon like that. That's number 64. I have so much respect for that you know, will and drive to push on. But I, you know, it's also like, you know, you can't tell Hillary to stop though. She's just one of those few people where she just goes. Uh-huh. And I'm curious to see what she'll do after this because she, I'm, I just pulled up her blog too. And, you know, that's pretty like, you know, putting that stuff out there publicly like that. And, you know, that's, well, if I was her, I would take off six months. Just be like, it's I'm so fine. hard for someone like her. I get it. I, yeah. I would tell, I'd be like, I wouldn't probably have finished if I were, but you take off six months, four months, six months, whatever, you know, until you feel fine again. And then, um, 
yeah, you'll come back even stronger than when you stopped. So. She's such an energetic girl, though. I mean, hanging out with her in Kona this past year and then just kind of seeing her around town all week while she was still training for Ultraman. I know you had her on your show for Ultraman. Yeah, she's an awesome interview. Like, I was just so impressed with how together she was the whole week while doing all this gnarly training, you know, working her booth for Smash and all that. It's It was like, how do you, where does this come from? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So go check out her blog, everybody. It's really interesting. This is how you feel whenever you've you've overdone it, right? Yeah. And it just goes to show that even the toughest people do this by accident. You know, they get cooked. And you, even though you need, want to keep you, what's crazy is you want to keep going, but your body just is just telling you no. And then what what happens at that point is you start running not even off of calories anymore. You're running off of all your other hormones and everything, and that's how you get really depleted. So um, depleted. Yeah, because there's there's now you're having to willpower yourself through this stuff, and you've only got so much of that before you get really sick yeah. or, or something. So, um, what do we got next? Um, you wanted to talk about the OC marathon and the little yeah, I saw that. That was interesting. So I didn't run the full marathon. I ran the half marathon, and it was such a beautiful, perfect morning for it. Thankfully, they did. They start that race so early. Like the full Never. starts at five fifteen, <laughs> which I know, right? That's which is ridiculous. great though because it was freaking hot. Like oh, I yeah, finished the half wave, right? yeah. before eight, and it was like I was already sweating my brains out. Um, but I was reading this article came out like that's that, unbelievable. The, the winner was getting illegal aid throughout the entire marathon um, via a guy who was on a bike throwing him nutrition and pacing him, which is a big no-no. Feeding him water. And, yeah. Huh? Feeding him water the entire time. Yeah. Imagine running a marathon with somebody pr- handing you a fresh glass of water. We'd all PR. Want. I mean, especially if you have your pacer like telling you this is exactly the pace you need to be going. Shoot. We could all be freaking pro of that. But so then the second place guy who happened to be the brother of Ryan Shea, who was um, tragically passed away a handful of years ago during Olympic trials, which I didn't wasn't aware that his brother was such a great elite runner. Um, so was it Stephen Shea, I think, or something? Yeah. He got second, and he had his people throughout the course kind of following him but not doing anything bad. And they happened to get video of first-place dude uh, getting all this illegal aid and submitted the videos. And I, apparently there was a handful of videos that came in. So it wasn't yeah. just like one fluke little like, you know, something – but yeah. the guy got disqualified. Yeah, and you know after setting the course record, too. <laughs> yeah. So what's really funny is the the way the guy admitted it. He was like, "Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm I'm uh, you know, um, speaking on my own terms." But pretty much, he was like, "Yeah, sorry about that. I feel bad." <laughs> it's like so. So he so, like knew the entire. Oh, and that's the other thing is on the video they said that he was saying yeah. that this we're going to get busted for this. This is totally right. yeah, it, and uh, and. Like the blatant cheating, and just just hoping maybe that eh, maybe they won't get cu- maybe they won't get busted for it. You know, maybe he won't get you know that taken away. 
I mean, it's no Boston or LA marathon, but still, like, don't think that just because it's still actually really popular. There's more than yeah. twenty two thousand people that did it's it. Big, it's a big. It's right? really big. Um, and I mean, it was the type of big where there the idea of having available toilet paper in the porta potties before was like, yeah, right, and that yeah. was a little bit of an issue for us <laughs> before we started. It was funny though. I actually finished the half marathon. They had two different shoots, and I was going through them the half marathon marathon shoot at uh-huh. just exactly at the same time as the guy who the winner who got disqualified was going through the marathon shoot so uh, the crowd was going crazy when i was finishing of course not for me <laughs> um, You're like this is what it would feel like yeah right if i won um, an entire marathon in my i mean town. i'm a triathlete but i've never been a good open runner in terms of yeah, that's a different skill set I, it's so different yeah. it's not one that i'm looking to hone in on quite frankly um but yeah no that was interesting i'm i'm glad that justice was served justice was served <laughs> but it would have been better if the guy was like oh you know like really apologize hard or at least like tried to deny it for a little bit but he was it was so like such a anticlimactic he was just yeah like, yeah was like sorry about that <laughs> i think he lost like two grand it yeah. was like that was like the prize money or something yeah so, yeah, that was interesting. Um, and the, speaking of, like, random things happening, I just sent you this story. I just saw this this morning about Vibram is agreeing yeah, yeah. to settle a class action lawsuit for claiming that the Vibram five fingers prevent injury and are guaranteed to make you stronger, um, which, look, you can't guarantee something like that. Yeah, I bought a pair, and they actually made me worse with my left foot. They made me yeah. slap my left foot into the ground too hard, and then uh, it made my left toes go numb. So I quit wearing them. Yeah, I would wear them for like if I, I like had um, specific drill work, or if I wanted to run on sand and not step on the bees or something. <laughs> oh, then, yeah, well, that's the thing is there's a definite purpose for them, and then people decided because I was big in the barefoot running right before those came out. People mm-hmm. decided to start wearing those to barefoot running. They were not invented for barefoot running. They're right. invented for like working on a sailboat. And for it's river done. rafting and stuff like that. Yeah, for right. sure. Um, but yeah, I thought that was quite a, quite interesting because now it looks like Vibram's going to be refunding anyone who – you don't have to have a receipt. You, uh, but anyone who thinks that they were wrongfully um, sold these shoes in terms of with this guarantee that they'd become stronger has the opportunity to get some money back. Like anything from like up to, from 50 up to almost 100 bucks. Um, Vibram's going to pay out. Yeah. So, yeah, don't make false Join claims. Up. And I think a lot of it has to do with there's been some studies done, scientific, like, you know, controlled studies showing that, you know, no, like sh- these minimalist shoes are not going to guarantee you, you know, you get stronger like doing squats in the gym or whatever well, will. Like you know? our buddy Lucho says, it all depends, right? It, it's a tool. Yeah. So you use them like, I mean, Nike was really careful with the freeze. You know, they're like, these are not everyday running shoes. They said that over and over and over again. Yeah. These are like every once in a while to strengthen your feet and then run in something else. You know. Yeah. Did you um you should listen to my podcast with Dave Jewell if you haven't already on running shoes. Yeah. It's really cool. Um it was like a couple a couple weeks ago and we just geeked out on that. But it's it makes so much sense no matter what kind of runner you are, it sh- you should build yourself up to be able to run in multiple kinds of shoes yeah. and 
how that is going to work for you. I mean, I just posted a picture on my Instagram this morning of my two favorite shoes right now, my Hoka's and my Scoras. I mean, yeah. could they be any more different? That picture is so confusing because I can't tell if they're laying on the beach and then <laughs> – there's that water, it's like wet sand underneath it, but it's too perfect, and the, the the shoes look like they're floating in zero gravity, and I'm like, what? Like, it's going on. Then I finally figured it out. It looks like like a like a soft, um, not stained glass. What do you call it? Um, matte finished glass uh, picnic table. Yeah, like that's outdoor. pretty much what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, patio so, table. Patio table. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, gosh, that is what like freaked me out about that picture forever. Like, like things were not as they should be. That's so. really funny. And then I got another thing. We need people to tell us, um, tell me or Tani, which is the right way to say it. You're saying Vibram. I always grew up saying Vibram. I said that too. I thought it was Vibrams as uh, well. But then someone corrected me and I don't know if that someone was right or I'm just easily gullible. <laughs> so we need, we have a call out. People tell us, is it Vibram or Vibram? Vibram makes more sense to me the way it's spelled. Yeah, like Vibram would be like V E E. But they're Italian, so who knows how they say it over there? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Good point. Uh, I grew up, you know, in the Boy Scouts backpacking all the time, and you get that, that material, the rubber that, that Vibram Vibram makes mm-hmm. for hiking shoes is top notch. It's the best, absolute best. Yeah. See, when I was a kid, I used to get those like CVS water socks for all our camping and lake trip trips, and those did me just fine. <laughs> are you ready um, to review some videos? Let's do it. Okay, okay. so I didn't, are we doing the swim one too, or just a run one? The swim one. Okay, I actually Which didn't look at that one yet, but you're the expert there, anyways. So okay, and you're the expert on running. I thought these worked out just great. I think on the bike, you and I would probably be okay, but. This this is where we're good. The bike, you know, it gets a little bit more technical, like, because then you're talking about a fit mm-hmm. situation. You know, with running and swimming, it's just your body pretty much figuring it out. Okay. Um, so we put out a call for people to send us videos. Okay, so what happened was you and Lucho <laughs> were talking about it, and it was like, you go, man, Lucho, we should, like, ask people for videos, and then we review them on the show, and Lucho said, yeah, yeah, I guess so. And then, you and then I was like, I'm too lazy to do and that. You, yeah, and you were like, well, man, maybe not. And I was sitting there listening to this going, that's the best idea ever. And then, uh, <laughs> and then so I thought we'd try it on, on here, and then if it's good, like, you know, you do it, whatever, I don't care. I, we I already can't stick did with it, anything. Actually, for, you already did it? I can't stick. Yeah, this is my second one. I can't stick with anything for more than a few episodes anyway, so it's good. So. Neither can we, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I was like, well, shoot, wait. I w- you asked me to do it. I was like, oh, that's a really good idea. Yeah. And then like two days later, I was like, wait, you got that idea for me. <laughs> I didn't even realize oh, yeah, it. And then you, you, you said that, that you and Lucho were going to do it. And I go, hey, that's, you're stealing my idea. I stole from you. Okay, so we're going to do this. You want to start with Chris Haig first? Yeah, man. Okay, Chris, Chris Haig is super freaking cool guy. He's, I like it. He's uh, from the East Coast. Um, I've raced. He can do like a 420. I'm like, dude, we don't need to review your running. Sp- I know. Running he's, he's, he can do a 420 half Ironman, I remember. I and saw him at Vegas last year. At where? At Vegas 70.3 yeah, World. Yeah. Dude's freaking awesome. But maybe maybe you might be able to pick up on something to help him out on his run. Um what did he say he was doing on the treadmill? Like a 6.20 pace? or Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, something crazy. I missed that part. And I didn't notice anything except for um, that thing where Lucho was saying to keep your hands up 
closer to your chest and swing your elbows more than your the hands? The region. What? <laughs> I called it in the boobular region. Yeah, yeah, and you called it in the in the boobular area, <laughs> like that. And, and, uh, but anyway, then um, I was like, well, you know, maybe he could try that and see if he's any faster. That's what's so awesome about a treadmill. I love tr- do, trying different things on the treadmill because you, you settle into a pace, right? Mm-hmm. And then you go wonder if I hold my hands a little bit lower, right? And then all of a sudden you start running off the front of the treadmill. Well, then you know that that's an improvement. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and you wear a heart rate monitor the entire time and you can tell if it's more work or less work. Mm-hmm. So, or you can, or you, you try something and then all of a sudden your heart rate drops a little bit for the same speed. Sometimes though, if you're an efficient runner, when you start to make these corrections, you're actually going to see the increase in heart rate because you, it's foreign to you. And that doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means that you need to adapt your body to this new way. That's actually something yeah. I run into quite a bit with my people yeah. um, that I'm coaching. Yeah. And you just have to give them that encouragement. Like It may feel awkward and it may feel like it's requiring more from you now. But in the long run, when we make this like the norm, it'll be okay. And that's what someone has like a known problem like look i think at the bottom line too with a lot of this stuff you should be running in a way that feels natural to you and not try to over change it um if you're injury free yeah so looking at chris's video what do you think well he started off by he did a two different angles so thank you chris for that and the first one he gave us was um coming from looking at him from behind on a treadmill in what looks to be like some badass huge gym did you really see how yeah. big that gym is that he's and then in? he's in that thing wearing some kind of sock on his head and a wife beater shirt he's so stylish in this and he's sporting the hokas yeah Hocus so on the treadmill. man he is so he might come do the iron baby next year next fall oh cool yeah. cool yeah. um I, the one thing I noticed from this rear view, which is something I don't see too common actually with people, but he seems to um, like cross over. His feet don't – he doesn't plant w- wide enough. So when he's striking his foot, it's like his feet kind of cross over one in front of the other. Yeah. And he's like almost digging in, um, if that makes sense. I don't know yeah, like the best sure. terminology to – but – that to me would be the one red flag I see here because what you would then logically think is that that's going to be putting more stress on like your IT band yeah. and your glutes and all that kind of stuff. And even actually the outside, the lateral side of your foot, because if you're like crossing over like that, there's a good chance that you're landing more on the outside of the foot rather than a natural like pronation right. that occurs. Um, so I'd be curious to see. This is a uh, we, you know with these kinds of things, you always want to know like, okay, is there any injury of history or things like that nature? It's kind of like running on a single track trail that's really narrow. After a while, it tires you out having to put one foot directly in front of the other. Right, yeah. right. And then a cure would be, you know, try running down the white line on the on the side of a street or something, or a crack in the you know line in some pavement, mm-hmm. and try making your feet land on either side of the line a little bit and. Mm-hmm. See how awkward that is, or whatever. Yeah, and like I, as far as I know, there's not too much to say that this is directly associated with like injury or anything like that. Um, but yeah, like I said, I feel that if it if he were to pick this out, I'm sure he would see it. If, um, and you hope uh, post this link for other people to check out. Yeah, too. we're gonna put these on the website for people to see. Um, but yeah, I would just think that that would be uh, something that could lead to IT band problems or some little maybe minor injuries. 
Um, and I would just work on as a solution things like hip abduction. So things that are going to move your leg laterally away from your body, um, lateral band walks, uh, you know, side leg lifts, all that kind of stuff yeah. uh, would be probably a good remedy. Um, I noticed you... something. I think he looks fine. I've raced against him. I want him to be slower so I can beat him. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's freaking fast, man. <laughs> yeah, and he's so much fun to hang out with. So... Uh, is was, he a body team guy? I was like hoping maybe he would swim in like a send in like a swim video or something. He might be Wadi, I think. I thought he was. Yeah, yeah. I had a feeling. Okay. Yeah, but anyway, we do appreciate Chris. Um, you know, kicking this off. He was the first one to send in something. Like right away. Yeah, he's like, all right, cool, and we have another video. Wait, hold on. I still have a couple more things I want to say about Chris. Oh, we have faults. Okay. Sorry. No, no, this is good stuff, actually. Okay. So then he, when he changed the angle and we see him from the side, uh-huh. I thought he looked freaking awesome. Like, he was planting underneath his center of gravity, so he wasn't overextending his lower leg, and his foot was planting right underneath his body, and he had a really good, strong knee drive, um, and his core was upright and erect, but not excessively to the point where he was almost leaning back, and he had, if you, like, pause the video when you're watching him you'll see that perfect like slight forward lean where yeah. he's just like got a really really good strong forward mo- momentum going mm-hmm. yeah so he looked killer there yep that's all i have to say yeah so when we post these videos um that's what we're looking for people so check them out yeah okay what? all right so we had I a guy from sweden do you know this guy? He's um, submitted questions to our podcast several times. He's no. cool. Um, but his name, Par Tornholt, <laughs> in Swedish, which is, you know, Viking, I think it means like Dragon Slayer. Or, or, uh, <laughs> this guy is awesome. Gorilla Killer or something, whatever it is in, in Swedish. So uh, anyway, then um, I'm part Swedish, so I get to say these things. I love it. And the uh, how it works. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always impressed by those people. The um, I got a, I got a tweet from somebody in Sweden today saying they're trying to train and it's freezing up there, and I'm like, "What? Are you kidding? Really? Shocking! Uh, shocking!" Um, in his videos, he sent in a bunch of videos of him swimming um, above and bo- below the water, from the side and front and back. Okay, I thought his stroke rate was okay. There didn't seem to be anything like too off about it. Um, but then after a while, looking at the videos, um, I, st- I noticed that his, his legs were low a little bit in the water, but just a little bit. And then I noticed that his, um, his legs would come apart, what looked like vertically apart from each other, like a little bit too much and a little bit too long, right? And I'm like, there's something weird going on here. But I couldn't, really, oh. I couldn't put my finger on it like at first, right? So I, um, so then I decided to kind of start focusing in on the front quadrant, 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 and then um, kind of see what he was doing. And then after a while, I finally saw something that made more sense. And he was crossing over with his left arm some, right? Just the left side? Yeah, his right seemed to be, I think it was his left. And, and then his right, his other arm seemed to be pretty good, right? And then I know. Then I put two and two together, what was going on here. Something huge that he could work on. And Ooh. he, if you're crossing over 
a lot of what's going on when you're swimming, when you're doing all kinds of crazy things like crossing over, your arms are going out, really what you're trying to do is balance yourself, right? Because you're not comfortable going in a straight line. Because it's kind of like walking a tightrope if you want to swim really fast, straight. Um, really good people just go straight, right? But if you're not all that comfortable in the water yet or you've got room to improve, you do a whole lot of sticking your hands out and like um, to get your balance, right? And yeah. your legs. So imagine walking a tightrope on one leg or two legs and, and you're like all, you, you start doing all kinds of stuff sideways, right? Well, sideways is not forward, so that slows you down, especially all the drag that that causes by going out sideways. So crossing over, and, and also when people enter their hands and then kind of push with their hands, you know, they like kind of palm forward a little bit, they're trying to stabilize themselves. They're actually kind of afraid of going too fast and going over the front. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to kind of stay. And also when you drag your feet, you're kind of doing the same thing. You're kind of stabilizing yourself in the water. You've got to not be afraid and just go like over the front <laughs> and just go straight <laughs> and go in a straight line and you're not going to fall off. Right. But we have this fear in the water, like you're going to fall off the log or something. Interesting. But you're already in the water. You're not going to fall anywhere. Just go straight and narrow as much as you possibly can. Right. And that's why, that's why, um, that's why it's beneficial to do other swim strokes like breaststroke and backstroke and everything. It gets you the reason those work at making you better at, at freestyle is because they get you so comfortable in the water, you quit worrying about falling to the side. And so you quit trying to stabilize yourself sideways. Okay. Okay. So when his arm starts coming across, when somebody's arm goes out too far to the side or crosses over too far, you'll find that what they're doing, that you have to counterbalance that somewhere else, right? You can't do that and have something else not try to compensate for that because you're not now you're not going in a straight line you're going sideways. So then I took a closer look at his feet and if you look in one of the videos he is scissor kicking and his legs cross over he, each other. Which video is that cuz there oh, I want to look at it while you're um, saying this. Let's see. Let me uh There's like Yeah, he's in a bunch of videos. <laughs> which is good. <laughs> They're uh, short, but there's like a lot of par, them. Par torn hold. There it is. Okay, I think I found it. Um, Well, I mean, I found he sent it by Google Drive. No, that's not it. Um, Did he put him on a on a drive? How did I get him to you? I gave you a link, right? Yeah, I'm looking at him right now. I have. I just searched my. He sent them. Google Drive, and I just have that email that you yeah, forwarded to me. Okay. Um, <clears throat> which one is it? Probably um, A0153, maybe? Let me look. A0153, okay. This is so awesome. He's got a good stroke. You can, as he swims catch- off away, you can see his ankles sometimes cross over each other. He kicks wide, and then when he brings his legs back together, sometimes his, his heels will cross over to the other side. Um, oh, I just paused it in the perfect spot to see that. Do you, do you see it? Do you see it? I only saw it like maybe in one video. And so what he's doing is... He's twisting his lower body, and then to counteract the twisting of his of his legs crossing over each other, um, it would be like if you're sitting. I'm sitting in a chair right now and crossing your ankles, right? Yeah. 
So now to counteract that, instead of kicking with his legs side by side, and so his yeah swims formed actually he's, he looks pretty fast. Um, to counteract that, he's having to cross over his arm to un unscrew the screwing motion that he's doing with the uh, by crossing his legs over. He's also doing, uh, this is why I think I recognize his name, because he submitted a question to our show about how many kicks should I do per stroke thing. Yeah, he's a low And kicker. he's doing a low kick. Like, it's only two beats or something yeah, he's like that. at least a, a two beat. What are oh, your... Oh, oh, the next video, um, <laughs> you can really see it. Oh, it's... Um, it's two, three, five, four? Five, four, yeah. You can really see him doing it. Okay, so what are your thoughts on for triathletes, especially since you're a badass swimmer, um, <laughs> and how many kicks you should be doing? Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. See what I'm oh, saying? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Whoa, it's like he's purposely doing it's it. It's like he's, he's been doing it so long, and it's reasonably Dude. fast. He's really torquing that. That's weird. Yeah. Okay, um, okay so, the, so wait, kick-wise, what do you recommend for people? Um, I recommend that triathletes don't bother with kicking. So this whole idea of the two B is almost like not because that's going to be your low. Yeah, don't worry, don't worry about the kick. It it burns up a ton of calories to kick, um, and you're going to need that on the bike and on the run. And what about if you're a shitty swimmer like I am, and you drag and you want to at least have some buoyancy? You need to do ankle bands. I do. Yeah. And actually, the weird thing is, is that I can do like over 300 straight with band and paddles. Yeah. Um, but I'm still a shitty swimmer. <laughs> but just to show you how much it doesn't matter, like the kicking stuff, I, people, uh, that, people that believe in the kicking, hey, man, have at it, dude. Kick all you want. But the um, to show you how much it doesn't matter is um, I, you know, I was in uh, high school. I got a swim scholarship, but I never did swim in college. But the um, in high school, I was a state finalist freestyler, sprint freestyler. Mm-hmm. So swimming as fast as you freaking can. Mm-hmm. And, but... On in swim team practice, we would, um, you know, they'd give us kickboards and we would do freestyle kicking. I could barely keep up with anybody. I was like the slowest freestyle kicker, right? Uh-huh. And and um, I guess you could say, well, if you practice kicking more, that you'd be even be even faster, you know, during the during the stuff. I'm just saying, like, that it's it's you need to get you need to kick enough to get your legs up, right? Okay. And then after that point. It's not the the calories you burn. Um, your arms are propelling you ninety percent more than mm-hmm. your, than your feet. So mm-hmm. you're much better off sending those calories to your to your arms. And the here's another question I wanted to ask you about swimming too, because um, this has come up on our show. Because I see you tweeting all the time about doing your like hour long math swims or whatever. <laughs> so do you see a purpose of literally just getting in the pool and swimming an hour nonstop, or maybe stopping like once for? Uh, yeah, um, just like if you went for a run, would you stop running? You would run for an hour. So why wouldn't you swim for an hour? Because it seems to me that for most people, um, your technique is going to break down more quickly, and those rest intervals are going to maybe even if they're less than a minute. And you even if- swim for an hour in an Ironman. Yeah, but that's different. <laughs> the other thing is I look at my watch, my stopwatch on my wrist mm-hmm. that's running almost every 100 yards or sometimes every 50 yards, and I try out different things while I'm swimming and see what's yeah. faster. And you, when you say try out, you don't mean like changing your um, like st- the actual show, but like technique-wise, you're yeah, like... Yeah, head a little you, bit You're at a down. level where you can do that. Like, yeah. so... I'm going to practice. I'm going to swim with my head just a little bit more down, right? I hear you talk All about that. All of a sudden, you're, you're, not, you're swimming one second faster per 100. 
right? Mm-hmm. You're like, holy crap. And then you're like, well, I want to prove that that's what it really was. So more with my head back where it was. You slow down by one second per 100. You're like, wow, okay, I'm going to bring my arm in a little bit to that more out. Maybe I'm crossing over with my left arm. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm going to do less of a deep catch. I'm going to push more with my tricep and my hand back at my hip instead of a deep catch. Is this faster or slower? And so if you swim just a constant uh, pace and every every uh, 50 yards you look at your watch and you can tell. I know in, in this one pool I swim, it's weird. It's like a 26-meter pool. Mm-hmm. And um, every 50 is, I'm trying to remember, uh, um, um, 40, 49 seconds or something like that. 48, 48 seconds, <laughs> right? And so I'm like, well, if I all of a sudden I start swimming in 47 seconds, I'm doing something I want to keep. Mm-hmm. You know? Interesting. So, um, so okay, so that also maybe I'm going to send you a video of me, and that's going to be our next analysis. Okay. Let you tear apart okay, my cool. stroke. So this guy, um, Tor Hoxlickson, <laughs> needs... <laughs> See, this is why people want us to cover their race because we're going to say – we're going to use our vocabulary. Okay. Yeah, right. But one, <laughs> this guy is a fast swimmer. I'm, I'm being funny. I'm not teasing him because he, are, he already looks like plenty fat. Like he looks like he's a decent swimmer, right? He's – I'm like his stroke and it's his catch and pull very looks nice. great. His head position in the water. Is oh, yeah. His head position cuts. is awesome. That's the very first thing I noticed was like, yeah, wow. Because yeah. if your head's off, your whole body's going to be yeah. off. You're going to be like arching your back and you're going to drag more and all that kind of junk. But what – his legs look a little bit low and his feet are crossing over and there's a cure for that. The cure for that is the ankle bands. What I've noticed when swimming with ankle, ankle bands, because they make you keep your legs side by side, it fixed on me a thing where I kick out to the side with my right foot every once in a mm. while, like too far out. That, it fixed that for me. So I'm thinking ankle bands with him will both get his legs up. It'll teach him to get his legs up. And it'll also um, keep, keep his feet from doing this, this scissoring, this reverse scissor, whatever you would call it. And then... Um, then once he gets the inverted legs, scissor, <laughs> sounds like a diving move. So when he, uh, when he gets that under control, he's going to wonder what to do with his left arm that's crossing over now, right? Because he's not going to need it to cross over to counterbalance his feet doing that, that, uh, what'd you call it? Reverse inverted scissor, inverted scissor, inverted baby. scissor. And now, okay. I just read this this morning. It was really cool. Um, if you want your arm to enter, if you're, if you're, in his case, his arm's crossing over, right? You um, try to enter, I think it's with your pinky, down more. My, yes, I just was told that exact thing last week and by the, someone. Yeah, and when you pull, it'll actually force your hand out to the side a little bit, right? Because, and the opposite, like if you enter with your index finger pointed uh-huh. in, not only is that going to be shitty for your stroke, but then you're looking at totally getting some like bicep impingement oh, yeah, totally. issues right there. Like that's just a disaster waiting to happen. And then if you if you if your hand enters too wide, then yeah, you want to do and try to enter with your index finger a little bit more, but you need to be careful, you know. Not but that's that's usually not the problem. Yeah, it's Most usually people crossover. are crossing over. Yeah. yeah. How about that? That's pretty cool, huh? So he needs to enter with his pinky a little bit more on his on his left arm, and remember to um, not bring his hand across. Um, it needs to be in line with his shoulders, not with his head. Your shoulders are apparently 
If you enter them in line with your shoulders, that's the fastest. So if you look at the very last video of the out of water, like when the camera's out of the water, yeah. what exactly you're talking about, his left arm and how it crosses over, mm-hmm. like just at, like the very last five seconds of the video, you can see it so apparently, uh, the left side especially. Okay, I'm going to watch it real quick. Go, go. Great um, coverage to uh, you know between Chris and Parr, uh, getting really good angles. Mm-hmm. Pell, wait, is it Parr? Man, or Pell? this guy—that's another thing I want to say. His—he is such a good head-down swimmer. Do you know he's just swam all the way across the pool? Did you ever see him breathe? <laughs> Watch it again. He's breathing, but he is so good at not popping his head up. You never. You oh. never see him, you never actually see his face come out of the water. Oh, yeah, you're right, huh? Isn't that impressive? Yeah. Looks like a- He's going fast enough that when he turns his head to the side, it creates a pocket down by his face, and he just breathes out of that pocket. Just if, if you take your flat hand and push so it through smart. water, you'll notice a pocket gets generated behind your hand, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you push your big, fat melon head through the water... <laughs> <laughs> You'll create a pocket on either side of your head, right? And you have to go fast enough, though. To you have to go fast that. enough, but you create a pocket, and then so all you have to do is just turn your head a little bit, and there's a pocket of air right there. It's so cool once you learn <laughs> to do that. So I teach people, um, you should have, when you breathe, you should have only one eye above the water line. Yeah, that's why sidekick drill is the best to, uh, if you're yeah. having trouble with that one. That drill is really good to figure out what your body alignment is and where your head is gonna yeah with with his video i was like okay well now i need, I need to cover like i need to ch- double check like usually people look up at the sky too much while they're breathing and stuff and i said well i need to find a you know a, a clip of him breathing and I, like, I watched all of them i couldn't find one of them breathing yeah like, wow this is so he's really that's really cool people need to see that his head position yeah the smoothness he's he's going really fast he doesn't look he like he reminds me of the guy on swimsmooth.com yeah <laughs> He's a very, very, you know, that guy. I think he just wanted to send his video so we would see, well, like, still found something wrong how with great it. he is. He found something. <laughs> and, um, but this, that, people need to see this because this is how you can swim really relaxed, yet pretty fast. And imagine you swim, like, an hour plus, you know, or whatever it takes him to do an Ironman like this. You get out of the water yeah. feeling fine and ready to bike and run and you're not exhausted. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, he looks so relaxed. It looks comfortable. It doesn't look like he's flailing. And the other thing, too, this is a um, one that I see when I do video analysis people, is that the inefficient s- swimmers are creating massive amounts of bubbles and chaos in the water. Um, but Parr is just kind of gliding through. Right. And, you know, you see so much of him, you don't see, like, all this bubble, like, cloudiness being created. The, the coolest thing is it, is any swimmer that swims like this, it creates an illusion where it looks like they're not going very fast. Yeah. Because yeah. You, there's, no, there's none of this white froth going on of them fighting the water. He's actually just sliding through it. It's really cool. Sliding through. Yeah. Cool, That's man. all I've well, got for today. Yeah, I actually have to get going to my boot camp for these lunchtime folks who want to get their butt kicked. And um, it's been a pleasure as always. Yeah, this is fun. I like doing it. I love it too. I am just a podcast You are. Person. You're going crazy. Does it tire so you out? Do you, do you, are you worried you're doing this too much my or anything? fourth recording this week that's been over an hour long. Mm. 
with all guys. That's another thing too. I'm always just talking to dudes. Maybe you're just doing this podcasting thing just to talk to dudes. Dude. <laughs> hey, what kind of what kind of cars does your uh, boyfriend? I almost said your husband. Oh, your uh, your <laughs> your. Boyfriend. Oh, that he, does he drive? Yeah. What does he race? Um, they do uh, sports car racing yeah. and they do endurance stuff. So they're doing it on a very uh, life friendly budget. Uh-huh. I mean, if they, they had it their way, they would definitely have nicer cars. But you know, it's not a cheap thing. So they have um, their particular car is a Mazda Miata. That's a really popular one for that. Yeah, yeah. When we go to a lot of the races, like they're pretty much fifty percent of the cars out there are Miatas. Yeah, because yeah, uh-huh. you can really power those up. But it's cool because you know he, it, they they do it endurance wise too. So he's like his longest race is twenty five hours. Ouch! Yeah. And he doesn't race. They have like four about four drivers uh-huh. that rotate throughout, and it's so much fun. I've gone every year that he and do I've they go been through a, a set of how how fast do they go through a set of tires? Like how many miles? I don't know. Do they have they to change t- tires during the race? Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. But the great thing about like. The way John is, and he he has this approach with triathlon too. I mean, he is so into looking at like where can we maximize time. Like, so we may not have the fastest car, but if we can have the fastest pit stops yeah, and right. the ability to change tires the fastest, I mean, we can compete with the guys who have better engines and everything. And they're and they totally have that down. How, how much uh, horsepower does a car? Put I don't on, know. You, know? <laughs> you got to find out. I love this stuff. That's so cool. It's yeah, I don't know any of the technical stuff, <laughs> but I probably should. Um, but no, it's re- it's a good, it's a really cool thing because then you know he, I definitely know he carries that over into triathlon and like he's always looking at like t- transition times and like yeah. comparing his transition Free speed. times. Yeah, yeah, it totally is. It makes so much sense. Yeah. So, anyways, good stuff. Okay, well, cool. I'll let you go. Yeah, um, if I don't talk to you again, or maybe, well, I don't know, but uh, just thinking of you in your final week and a half or so before your big day. Uh huh. I hope I don't mess. Listen, everybody, just because I swam fast once in my life doesn't mean I want to work oh, out please. that. I don't want to work out that hard anymore. <laughs> don't start making excuses on No, like I don't. When I first started doing triathlon, I started doing like really, you know, I, I really focused on the swim. It was really fast in the swim. Yeah. And like I don't swim, I don't train anywhere near as hard as I used to because my problem, I got to work on the bike. I got to save my energy for the bike. Yeah. Oh, so I don't put out the I don't put out the awesome swim times that I want to. But I've got to work on the bike and the run more. It, it's more of the time, you know. It's all about the, the run, baby. Yeah, it ends up all being about the run. All right, cool, man. Well, you have a good rest of your day. We'll talk soon. All right, later. Bye. All right, we're back. Thanks, Tawny. (laughs) Man, recording with her is so much fun. All right, I promised that we would talk on this podcast about happiness. Let's do that. Happiness, happiness, the secret to happiness. So I was reading an article on Lifehacker, and I'll go ahead and put the link to that on on uh, zentrathlon.com. You can go check that out. But the gist is this. Basically, there's a difference between feeling good and being happy. You would think they're the same thing, but they're actually not. Uh, being happy is more about having something to work on and work towards something that uh, is a big goal. And while you're working on that, it may feel like it's uh, a struggle, but you actually enjoy the struggle. And then when it's over, you look back and then say, 
you know, you're more fulfilled, you've accomplished something. So that would be like a marathon, right? Training for a marathon is probably not all that much fun for people unless they're already really good at it, right? It's a lot of struggle. And then when you do the race, it's really, really hard. But then when you finish, you feel great because you realize all this work that you put in to realize your your um, your full self and what you can do if you really try, right? And then the opposite is eating a chocolate cake or any kind of cake that you like. It feels good, right? But only pretty much the moments that you're eating it. Who has sat down and ate an entire cake or an entire pizza and then when you're done, you feel good about yourself (laughs) or you're happy that you did that? You're not. You're actually mad at yourself that you did that. You And remember, I was saying that there's a difference between happiness and feeling good. So the feeling good is very short-term it's, uh, it, it takes you over if you let it and then leads you down a path of, uh, doing, um, stuff that in the end will not make you happy. So triathlons are a really good example of, uh, happiness because you're constantly improving yourself. In fact, it's a threefold, um, path to, uh, happiness in that, there's, you know, improving the swim, improving the bike, improving the run, and then trying to figure out how to do, you know, get better at all three of those sports. And then it's a ninefold path because then it's three times three because you're trying to get better at the swim while not getting worse <laughs> at the run, you know, or better at the bike while not getting worse at the swim and and then trying to get better at all three all at once. And then... Um, then there's like trying to fit it in with family and it's like, it's a, it's a thousand year project because it's almost unconquerable. And by the time you get really good at it, well then by the time you get really good at it, there's people who, um, get good at it and then go to Kona, for example, for years and then they get tired of it. You know, they're like, oh, I've got it figured out. It's not a challenge anymore. And then they quit, uh, Ben Greenfield, right? has uh, figured out how to train on like 12 hours a week, been to Kona a few times. And, uh, and then after a while, he's kind of like, well, I'm, I'm done with this. Uh, it's not a challenge anymore. And, uh, and I think I would be the same way. You, once you get really good at something, it's not a challenge anymore. So you got to move on. You want to stay happy. So you find something else that challenges you. And, um, that's where true happiness comes from instead of just feeling good. You can take this knowledge and engineer your life to be constantly giving yourself uh, little challenges kind of here and there of things that are somewhat of a struggle. And then, oh, I can think of a really good one. I'll tell you in a second. And then, um, but in the end, uh, when you actually execute, it shows that you were tough and that you, you know, persevered and you overcame something. So a really good example would be this heat training that I'm doing, right? Um, I'm making myself very uncomfortable <laughs> trying to get heat adapted so that race day is not that bad. Now, let's say I, I do it. So I've got, you know, dozens of episodes of being really uncomfortable in the heat. That is not, that does not feel good. And then, the uh, race day itself, being in the heat, that does not feel good. 
But let's say, <coughs> excuse me, let's say that um, I can tell during and after the race that it had an effect, then I am very, very happy. I've reached true happiness in that I did something, I worked hard at something, and I had an impact, and that um, like feels so good inside that I was able to overcome something. I, I wonder if what what it's doing is confirming this is you know in your core that um you were able to work to overcome something so you feel more self-confident and that's happiness and then true self-confidence is happiness and then um because you know that in the future when something else comes up that's difficult that you're going to be able to overcome that as well um with some work and now you're not afraid anymore, and not being afraid is uh, is true happiness as well. So, look for those things in life, and that's pretty much it. That's your happiness right there. That's all there is to it. And I said, <laughs> it's not easy. It is hard work. And now that you know, now you just got to follow through with the path. All right, we'll come back in just a moment with uh, some more info and the training log and some uh, donation news and, and uh, sponsor stuff and things like that. We're going to Houston to uh, watch Kai be in a uh, bike race, and that'll be a lot of fun. So we'll have some audio from that. And um, yeah, okay, hold on, out, bang. All right, I'm back. I had to. <laughs> I had to help get all the blankets and stuff off the trampoline. We slept as a family on top of the trampoline last night out in the yard for Mother's Day. And um, it was actually great weather and really humid, though. And uh, we got two dogs, Greyhound and a Black Lab. And the Greyhound just, just barked all for like an hour at anything and everything. And then uh, we put her back inside. And then the cat's inside meowing at us. You know, he wants to come outside and then the uh, black lab, which is actually the loudest barker, he's, you know, labs are so clingy and, and lovey and whatever. He hopped up on the trampoline with us and then slept up there and was dead quiet the whole night. And you could lay on him like he was a big pillow. <laughs> it's really cool. Anyway, that is our family life at the moment. Okay, let's do, um, let's do sponsors and donations. Let's do uh, donations first. We got a couple of uh, things in here to mention. Okay, so you can, uh, Go to uh, zentrathlon.com and donate. I'll tell you how in a minute. Uh, Jason Drury, he has another question. He had a question on the last podcast. Um, he says, you mentioned that, oh, if you if you uh, donate, you, you can, um, I'll answer your questions on the show, which is really cool. Um, he said, you mentioned that you've been swimming with a handkerchief tied around your ankles. That's right. So you go swim in the pool, grab a handkerchief, wrap it up kind of like a, you know, uh, you know, fold it over and make it so that you can tie it around your ankles and tie it pretty tight and in a square knot and then swim like that. And it drags your legs behind you and it forces you to swim, um, harder and also forces you to swim with your head down. Well, I guess if you don't, don't know this, um, this is maybe why he's having trouble. Uh, if you swim with your head down, it helps you, uh, get your feet up. And he said, I tried this yesterday and could not keep my feet from sinking. I can swim with a pool buoy between my thighs or ankles just fine. Any tips on how to swim with something tied around my ankles? Yeah. Uh, the problem is, is you need to uh, swim with your head down, swim downhill with your upper body 
and um, learn to let your legs come up in response. And that's the whole point. The, the, the extra benefit is to, um, uh, is it, it's an extra workout for your arms, but it really does teach you for to, um, if you swim downhill, your legs start to come up and Hey man, I thought the first time that I did it, that I would just, you know, like I swim all the time. So I figured I'd be pretty good at it, man. I sucked at first. It took me about two or three sessions before I got any good at it. And now I've done it enough times where it's kind of like riding no hands, you know, at first it seems impossible. And then after a while you keep trying and keep trying and then you get it. And then now I just do it as a, um, as a reminder of, uh, you know, what it feels like trying to get your legs up. So, and, uh, Jason Drury, uh, helped donate to Kai's bike fund. So thanks a lot. Kai's actually riding in circles. I'm recording out of my car cause it's a nice recording studio and Kai's, uh, riding in circles around me right now on his bike. <laughs> All right. He loves it. We went for a family ride. Uh, just he and I, a father son ride around the neighborhood looking for snakes and anything that we could find that was cool and to his elementary school. And, and, uh, you know, he's riding over, dude, he can do crazy crap on this mountain bike already. So it's really, really cool. It's a specialized hot rock 24 inch, which is actually, it's a decent mountain bike. It is, it definitely does everything that you need. It's a full blown mountain bike and, uh, and it's lightweight. It's an aluminum frame. So it's actually not too heavy. And, um, suspension fork, seven speeds, which is enough for, for a little kid, a nine-year-old. So, um, let's see, we have another one, Daniel Blondin. He says, uh, Hey Brett, good show. Always get a lot out of your info. Love the guest. Try new segments. Um, his backstory, he's 61 years old guy in Chicago, Chicago, man. I lived there two summers. My brother still lives there and my dad lived there for a while. Uh, runner. I lived out in uh, Hoffman estates. And, and also spent time at, I think it's called Crystal Lake, uh, out there in the way out in the suburbs. Runner for about 20 years, picked up tries in 2012, doing Ironman Wisconsin in 2012 and 2013. I've done that. That's a great race. Swim is the weakest sport, can get it done just slow. Nutrition is also a challenge. Yeah, it is a challenge, man. Um, both Ironmans, both Ironmans, I had GI issues on the run. Trying the Vinnie Tortorich no sugar, no grains plan. Okay. Mine is more of a low sugar, low grain, L, well, L, S, L, G, L equals less. Yeah, I agree with that. I wouldn't say no. I would just say less. Uh, back to marathons and doing shorter tries this year. Plan to do Arizona Ironman in 2015. Cool. And lots of questions, but just one for now. Uh, at beginning of training, a log, oh, at the beginning of the training log, a woman says something like, Fernelli, what? in the world does that mean? Well, that's uh, Hunelli. At one point during the podcast, my friends and I years ago would say Hunelli and it's just like yeehaw. And um, that got recorded in there and now it's stuck. I'd have to do just tons of audio editing to uh, fix that Um, or to change it. It's fine as it is. Okay. Now, you know, but on the, uh, yeah, the no sugar, no grains versus low sugar, low grains. The issue there is it's not a good idea to just say no to something like that, you know, nutrition. You want to, um, and people will say, well, they quit eating meat or they quit eating dairy or they quit eating, I don't know, veggies, I don't know, um, whatever they've quit eating. And then 
And they're like, and I lost weight. Well, really what you've done is you've eliminated a whole lot of calories that you're used to eating. And then you're not used to finding those calories somewhere else. So you're just starving yourself a little bit. And that's why you're losing your weight. (laughs) So it has really not that much to do with the nutrition side of it. It's more of a calorie thing. And um, really what's, what's smarter is to bring is to eat a balanced diet and bring your overall calorie count down. And yeah, like look for things that are bad for you, like the sugars and the grains. Wait, hold on a second. All right, I had to yell at people to quit coming into the car. <laughs> I'm trying to record this one last bit, and Emily and Kai are trying to load the car to go to this uh, bike race. Okay, uh, Melissa Boudot is a donor, and let's see, she's a, um, a subscription donor. You can go to zentrathlon.com and donate as a subscription. Uh, Christopher Allen, same thing. Thanks, Chris. Uh, Dwayne Morin, longtime donor. And then we have two specific donation to Kai's bike, Sean Harrington and Clint Blackham. And uh, Clint had a really nice note and now I've, now I can't find it, but, um, yeah, man, we've got Kai's bike. We're, we're all wrapped up. He's a sponsored triathlete sponsored by the, uh, donors to the, and the show fans to Zentri. So it's because of you that he has got himself a, uh, kick butt mountain bike. We'll talk about it a ton. Um, it's a really, really, really smart purchase, um, that helps the family, uh, do more family stuff. And it was a very smart bike for him. It was time. It was great. So it's a, uh, real accomplishment for, um, everybody to pitch in and get this done. All right, let's go ahead and get started with the training log. Lots of stuff going on here. Lots of heat training, lots of intensity, lots of intervals, lots of resting, lots of figuring stuff out, lots of tips in here that you might be able to use in your own training. That's why I record it. It's not really about me. It's about me figuring out stuff that I can tell you. And you can either use it or lose it, whatever you want. All right, that's it. Let's get started with the training log. Here we go. You are entering the Zentrite training log zone. Kuneli. Hi, everybody. My name is Brett. I'm a triathlete. I decided it's time I got some friends more suited to my status. But Joe, we've been friends for years. Hey, we all make mistakes. Come on, dudes, let's go exercise. Exercise! I'm going to do sit-ups till I poop myself. All right, welcome to a new training log. May 3rd? I'm at a neighborhood pool. I was worried it would be too cold. Saturday morning having trouble talking because my jaw doesn't want to move because it was so cold had a little cold snap come through Texas past few days and it dropped the temperature of this pool down to about 60 it's probably about 68 or 69 I've learned my lesson with this a few weeks ago since I'm here I swam but I cut it short, man. Well, actually what I did is I cut my warm-up short. (laughs) I was fine until I got in. There's no wind. It's a sunny day. There's not a cloud in the sky. It's 7.30 in the morning, you know, so it's beautiful. That's a water fountain in a pond next to the pool. I think that you might be able to hear. Hold on. I got to see. Well, maybe not. But anyway, 
as soon as I hopped in the water and started swimming, I mean within seconds, I felt like I was going to throw up. And that's from the cold. I'm trying to warm up right now in the sun. So I think I only uh, warmed up for about five or six or seven minutes. And then uh, I was like, man, you got to... <laughs> You're going to freeze to death. <laughs> oh. And I, my body does not like cold water swimming at all. And I remember swimming with Jamie Patrick in uh, the marina or whatever it's called in uh, San Francisco Bay. And I got in. I thought I was going to throw up. I, got, I had to get out of the I was wearing a wetsuit and like three swim caps. For real, I was. I had to get out of the water and go lean against a building and try not to throw up. Oh my god. But anyway, so I, uh, once I felt like I was warmed up enough, I uh, threw the leg bands, the leg band around my ankles and swam an interval like that. Kind of what I'd call a progression interval. Just slowly start speeding up and speeding up and over a few minutes, I think it was about five minutes. And you're maxing out. It's gradual. You can feel the burn coming on slowly. And then, uh, then I stopped once I felt like that was enough. And then um, took off for a leg band. I'm just using a handkerchief tied around my ankle. And then uh, swam for a few minutes easy to recover. And then repeated the progression interval again until uh but with without anything the leg band teaches you to get your legs up or else they'll drag across the bottom of the pool so i did it with uh the next i did two more intervals progression intervals of yeah like four minutes five minutes of uh going harder and harder and harder and harder until you pop pretty much your body just gives out and uh they're nice. They, they teach you pacing, you know. They're teaching you how to slowly increase your speed. So now you've got, you've got infinite gears. A lot of people have no gears in swimming or running. They only have one speed. Well, two speeds. <laughs> Zero and all out. They don't even have an all out, though. They just have a go. And uh, with a progression interval... You're slowly increasing the speed and you're learning that you have all these different gears, 15 different gears to choose from as you slowly speed up and you can feel the burn starting to come on, come on and you can, you decide if you want to keep going faster and faster. And, uh, yeah, so I did two more of those without anything, uh, just regular hands and kicking and, uh, those end up being really, really nice. And then... I decided I was done and got out. So just over half an hour. <coughs> but the burn feels really good. The um, the coolest thing is doing intervals on the run, for me, really um, peaks out my VO2 max. Like, I'm going super, super... Um, <coughs> Whoa. I got hay fever. Um, 
when I do run intervals, I go super in the overdrive, and that um, just stretches the hell out of my lungs. Probably does for you too. And uh, I'm trying not to sneeze. I'm freaking dying. Oh my god. And so what's cool is on the bike and on the swim, I've noticed that I just don't run out of air, you know? I'm not gasping for air at all like I like I used to years ago. And I think that's I'm pretty sure that that's run training really blasting out the lungs and and uh so that they have just incredible capacity to um so that when you swim, it's not an issue. Um, and that's that's just more of the beauty of triathlon, that the sports complement each other. If you train right, you know, your swimming can help your, can help your biking and your biking, your running. Oh, your swimming can help your running because it, it rehabs your legs really nicely. Your running can help your swimming because it builds up lung potential like crazy. Um, your biking can help your brain because you get to go cruise around a neighborhood. <coughs> wow. <laughs> oh, there's some turtles by the edge of the pond. All right. I got a lot of cool stuff to talk about in this training log, so we'll get there in just a minute. I'm going to go see out. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm here in the car with Kai on the on your way to the soccer game. How's it going, buddy? Good. And I had the heat on high. I'm heat training Fireman Texas. Kai, how hot was it? Very hot. Are you are you okay? I don't know. All of a sudden, I wasn't even thinking about it. And Kai goes, "What were you, what did you say, Kai? Like, turn it down. It is too hot." Yeah. That's it. Okay. Are you going to be all right for your soccer game? Yes. All right. Did you think you were going to die? No. Oh, okay. Well, you're not You're not that like you're you're really tough, right? Yes. Okay. All right. All right. It's Saturday evening. <laughs> Holy cow, I'm toasted. And uh but in a good way. And a lot happened today, so I wanted to cover it real quick. We are now two weeks out from Ironman, Texas, and let's see, I did an 80-mile, well, I did a four-hour bike ride, so I swam this morning, but um, I did the intervals, and that's the stuff that makes you stronger anyway, so that's what counts, and uh, then cut it short after that, remember my sneezing fit, and man, I sneezed for a long time after that, went and watched Kai's soccer game, they got crushed um, by another team, and that was interesting watching how people, you know, react to winning versus losing and watching the, the two teams, you know, side by side. And, uh, you know, the, the kids that win are like, yeah, yeah. And the other kids that are losing start arguing with each other, <laughs> accusing each other of things. And, and uh, it's pretty, pretty wild. But then um, we went and picked up Kai's bike. And uh, somebody on Slow Twitch asked if we still owe money on it. And yes, we do. We owe a little bit more money on it, but we got it anyway because I want Kai to spend the day with me tomorrow. 
and I want to go running and, um, and I can go trail running and he can ride his uh, mountain bike. So we went ahead and picked it up. And, uh, although it stretched us to the limit of our credit cards to, uh, American Express, which is not exactly a credit card. And, um, so donations are still greatly appreciated to help uh, pay off the rest of it. And then, um, let's see. Oh, so then, um, after Kai's soccer game, um, I rearranged things. Usually I'd go for a bike ride in the morning, but I wanted to see Kai's soccer game and be there for him. So I, and also, um, I wanted to um, get in heat training, so I did my bike ride in the middle of the afternoon. So on this four-hour bike ride, I started around 2.30 or so, and right in the starting to get to be the hottest part of the day, and about an hour into it, um, I looked after I downloaded my workout from the Sunto Ambit 2, and it has a nice temperature graph on the uh, workout readouts, and it was 93. Three, maybe 94 I think it was 90, 93 degrees at least <laughs> that was the peak of the heat and and uh, it's a dry heat so it wasn't it wasn't humidity um, so I wore a, a really cool um, shirt that I bought when I was in San Diego last summer it's kind of like a tight fitting under under armor kind of shirt but it's made out of um, it's half cotton and half bamboo so, and it's a little stretchy, so a little bit, um, wicks, uh, nicely. It was black, um, for extra heat. I wore it and it fits relatively nicely for a cotton shirt. So, um, well, cotton and bamboo. So it's actually a, a slim fit and, uh, um, hugged, hugged me pretty tightly, relatively tightly. So I wore that and, um, this is the second ride in a row, long ride, where I brought a camelback with me so I could carry more water. And it's a 70-ounce camelback. So I got the water bottle between the bars, X-Lab torpedo uh, between the arms, and then uh, this camelback. And the uh, um, I almost finished both of those, and that's a lot of water in two hours. And I probably would have finished it in two and a half, 2.45. So really going through a ton of water. And the bike ride went, went uh, really well. I actually decreased my effort um, a bit and um, was still putting out numbers that were the same or better, like watts-wise, um, on a lot of it that uh, as my last long bike ride and um, and what I'm doing is uh, the Sammy Inkinen method, the Sammy part two, is, you know, this is just supposed to be a nice, uh, long, casual bike ride. I'm not quite there yet where I feel like I can just totally let go and, like, not um, work at all. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of going, but I've decreased the effort probably... I'd say 10% from um, from what I was doing before for my four-hour bike ride. But um, the watts were nearly the same, so um, so I'm getting stronger. So with less effort, um, 
I, uh, a week ago, this ride was 220 watts, and this week it was 218. So with a lot less effort, I was putting out almost identical amount of watts. And this is really interesting, is the, um, the interval work on the bike is making my legs stronger. So when I was going uphill... I felt much, much, much more in control of what I was doing and how much effort I was putting down. I had something to relate it to. Um, I was like, well, I know what my max is doing this stuff, and I'm nowhere near that, so I can do this, you know. So the, and, and then also, I believe, this is all my perception, I believe I'm a lot stronger, or not a lot, but I'm somewhat stronger, and... Um, and so climbing up the hills was just easier, you know, and, um, I just had, yeah, just more control and, um, and knew what I was doing. Um, I did, uh, something different on the fueling and it led to a problem. Oh, let me close this door more that, uh, I wanted to mention, um, in my uh, fuel bottle, I was doing maltodextrin and honey and and uh, thermotabs, which is salt salt pills. And my past two rides, which have been pretty good on the fueling, I've um, um, what have I put in there? Oh, a Folgers instant coffee uh, for caffeine. And this time we didn't have any, so I put in a um, you know like a Vivran. It was some other. It's some off brand. And, um, that made my stomach hurt really, really badly. So that is a no go. Um, and that's one of the reasons actually that my power was lower. I felt like if there was times where I had to quit eating and let my stomach settle and then I would kind of get in a, not a bad mood, but kind of a questionable mood and, um, my heart rate would drop a little bit. Oh, that was another thing. So um, if I hadn't have done that, then, uh, and that explains like, uh, then I would have had an even better bike ride and, uh, heat wasn't a problem at all. Um, I started off with, uh, just tons of sunscreen on and I stopped at two hours in and put on more, which would be around four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. I put on even more and like, I'll smear it on to the point of where it's, I'm, you can still kind of tell I'm covered in white stuff. <laughs> it's basically the white um, and a lot of sunscreens is uh, titanium dioxide, or it used to be. And um, that's actually what's uh, blocking the sun. So it's covered in titanium. But uh, when you put that, when you see like the, the lifeguard with the stripe on their nose, that's uh, titanium dioxide is the main ingredient. And uh, so they... They make it runnier and thinner and put it in the sunscreen. And you see, the heat didn't seem to be a problem at all. Um, I was going to practice splashing myself with water and um, and didn't because I wanted to. Uh, I was like, well, I don't want to cool off. I want to keep training. The heat was like just the perfect temperature for heat training. It was it was uncomfortable but not terrible, you know. And then. Oh, what was the other thing? Oh, my, something really interesting about it was my heart rate. 
So when you train too much, just too much volume, you have trouble getting your heart rate up because you're just exhausted all the time. And um, I went out on this bike ride, and my um, one thing I noticed that was really unusual is right from the start, my heart rate was was like 140, and I'm like, man, that's that's really high for me. That's race high. That's like I've been tapering, you know, and uh, tapering for a long time, and now I'm racing, and now my heart rate's really high, and I mean, not really, really high, but just, you know, like as high as it is in a race after you've you stopped training, you've been tapering for a while, and you're, you're ready to go, and I'm like, man, this is really fascinating. I'm not sure, you know, how good or bad it is. It seems to be good. If you want to put a positive spin on it, that means that I'm rested, you know, and, and then, so when I do a hard workout, um, I'm actually able to do it well and, um, and absorb it. And that's the, that's the other thing I wanted to mention, instead of being just, you know, wiped out and just barely able to execute. So that's the other thing I wanted to mention was my past long rides for years, you know, for training, I feel like just tattered and torn, man. And I'm like, just trying to hang on and, uh, and pushing really hard to get decent numbers. And this was my first long ride in forever, where forever, where I've ridden this long. And um, then when I finished, or during the ride, um, I didn't feel, I felt like I was working out. I was getting a workout in instead of um, just wondering, you know, how I was going to survive this thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? There was like, it's like a totally different, yeah, being, instead of being frantic and, and clinging on and hoping for the best, this was like an actual workout. And, um, and then, so what was weird was I felt like I was absorbing the work when I was, when I was done, I was like, man, that was a good workout. You know, that wasn't, that wasn't, you know, numbers that I was trying to make happen. That was an actual workout. And, uh, when I was done, I was definitely tired, you know, it was a freaking four hour bike ride, but I felt like it was something that my body was going to like take and because it, my body wasn't all beat up, it was going to take it and actually do something with it instead of just, you know, <laughs> instead of just going, oh, more, you know. And, yeah, that was a, a very different, different feeling. Um, I could see that... Um, yeah, the, the huge reduction in volume, but still doing the interval stuff. I'm I'm still just as I think I was saying this earlier. Um I'm doing, you know, nearly half the volume I was doing before. I feel just as sore. Um I've got a whole lot more free time, but I feel just as sore because the interval stuff but again, I'm, I'm now figuring out, you know, like how much of the interval stuff to do so that I go into a workout like today 
um, feeling ready to take it on and use it to improve myself instead of just more digging a hole and falling into it. So, um, on tap for tomorrow is, uh, is a run and, uh, kind of a longer run. We'll see. And to, yeah, take Kai with me, uh, mountain biking and, uh, we'll get that done. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed in the, um, in the stomach issue, but I was proud of myself for realizing instantly that there was a stomach issue, figuring out what it was. I mean, like within a minute, you know, and then, uh, drinking tons of water to, um, dilute it and then overcoming it. And I felt better at the end of the bike ride after it went away. It happened to me twice, actually. So I felt better twice. And, uh, so it's a sign that I was plenty fit and ready to do the work. It was actually nutrition that was kind of bogging me down. It was making me just feel sick, you know. Oh, and so uh, Wildflower and St. George went down today, and that was pretty cool to um, to uh, watch and try to follow. So um, who won those? Man, I'm about to fall asleep. I'm tired. <laughs> um yeah, I feel I feel uh, Jesse Thomas won. Heather Jackson and Jesse Thomas won Wildflower, and Heather Worrell won St. George, and Jan Frodino won St. George, I think. Anyway, um, yeah, like I feel I feel like wiped out from the bike ride. Not wiped out. I feel my legs were kind of sore when I was getting off, and and uh, you know I need to eat, and I'm tired. Um, but at the same time, I don't feel worried that I'm going to um, be a complete wreck tomorrow. Well, we'll find out. <laughs> I may be like, oh, you know. But the other the other thing is is uh, yeah, I'm glad that I'm learning to um, pull back a little bit on these long rides and let the, I'm getting better at, at this as we go along, you know, and uh, hopefully it works for Ironman Texas, but <clears throat> it was time to start tapering anyway. I'm not that worried about Ironman Texas. It was time to start tapering. I was doing huge volume and uh, it was getting kind of old and getting to be a problem actually. And, uh, I was just done with it, so move to this instead. All right, more in the morning. Out, Bing. All right, I'm here with Kai. This is not a coaching moment, right? Mm-mm. No? No. Why not? What's um, going on? Um, You're just tired? Yeah. We just went trail running for 90 minutes at Lick Creek Park. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. And Kai rode his new mountain bike for the first time on real trails, on a real mountain bike. A real, real mountain bike. So how was it? Good. What was it like? Were you able to... You right? You didn't have to stop and all that sand and stuff like usual, right? Right. You just keep standing next to your bike and walking away from it and staring at it and going, man, that's a pretty bike, don't you? 
Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. What do you think about your bike? About what it looks like? It's cool. What's cool about it? That you can shift and... Cl climb up stuff easier? Yeah. Keep up with me like no problem? Mm -hmm. This is our first time where you've never had to yell at me, Daddy, why did you leave me? Like that, like you usually do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. So, um, trail running. So yesterday was a four-hour bike ride and in the heat, as I was mentioning earlier. And I could tell all oh, today I woke up and weighed myself and I lost two pounds, which is too much. Two pounds too much. And um, I've been trying to rehydrate. And what else have I been trying to do, Kai? Oh, eat. And um, I would have eaten some ice cream last night, but we ran out. So I don't think I ate enough. So running today, I'm, I'm a little bit off because I'm a little worn out from, uh, well, I didn't recover correctly enough. Recovered some. I've definitely recovered worse. <laughs> so trying to hydrate and eat and then uh, ran for um, 50 minutes really easy and then started mixing in some intervals and the intervals were useful but they weren't as good as I wanted because uh, I was uh, running out of energy. That is really gross Kai. Are you spitting your water back into your water bottle? pretty nasty dude anyway I, I've noticed that how was that Good. <laughs> I've noticed that um, if I haven't eaten enough food lately then um, I have to pee a few times when starting to work out and that's a sign of uh, low blood sugar you need to um, need to eat more and so I had that today. And I'm like, ah, I should have eaten more. Along with, I should have eaten more uh, post-workout. Instead of uh, just eating normal, you know. So we got to go home. I got to do some coaching. Oh, we got to drive by that new pool. What do you say about that? Are you trying to fit the whole Camelback bottle in your mouth? No. I promise we wouldn't eat or drink on this episode. And here you are. That is really nasty, dude. Are you really, are you spinning the water back in and then drinking it? You are. Ah, uh -uh. oh, yeah, because the water level hasn't changed at all, dude. You've been doing this, this it's the same amount of water. Oh man, that's gotta be like half spit. You and your knobby knees. <laughs> All right, we gotta get out of here. Out, bang. All right, I am back. It's actually been a, a couple days, a few days. I don't know. It's uh, what is what day is today? Tuesday. Um, I'm leaving Freebirds. I managed to 
get a really delicious burrito out of them. I'm starting to wonder, does habanero sauce count as heat training? Because, holy crap, that's a... Uh... Oh, that person almost backed into me. Holy crap, that stuff's hot. <laughs> anyway, and then I think I just saw another truck back into somebody and smash the front end of their car. In Texas, we have giant truck syndrome, GTS, where everybody has to have not only a full-size pickup, but it also needs to be taken to a, to a mechanic where they lift it and then they put extra large tires on it. But then all they do, apparently, is drive it up and down the highway from all I can tell. So, um, but I like... The guy got out of the truck and walked kind of like an ape, you know, into the GNC to go get all of his supplements uh, for weightlifting. And I'm like, yeah, I remember when I used to do all that. I used to think that just being huge was the answer to everything. But then you kind of run out of, okay, now I got all these muscles. What do I do with them? Right? And then getting in the triathlon, it's like, okay, now I'm racing with them. I'm competing against other people with uh, what I can do with my strength or my fitness. It's totally different. I like it. But I digress. Let's see. We have been doing intervals and rest days and intervals. And I am really, really excited in um, figuring out gradually, gradually figuring out the level of intensity of an interval and how to do them uh, correctly for me. Um, and then it's, it's really, it's kind of hard to describe the, the rest time, uh, the additional rest time and doing quality instead of quantity. It lets you observe, it gives you the opportunity to observe um, how an Im how much of an impact a workout has on you. Okay, so let's say I go out and do a hard run, right? And then um, and then I rest for a couple of days. Over that next couple of days, I'll be able to tell, you know, if that hard run was too much because I can't. I, I try to go run again and it hurts, right? And I can finally tell when it wears off and when I can um, go run hard again. Well. By, by taking the breaks, um, I'm behind somebody really slow. Okay, you're turning to the turn lane, you're getting on the freeway at 12 miles an hour. Go! I can tell with the uh, um, added rest, the time, the space in between the workouts is giving me the ability to see the impact the uh, workout is having. Wow, this car almost hit somebody. You are not good at the driving. Okay. And please don't hit those construction workers. The... <laughs> Sorry, everybody. It's totally squirrel moments. Um, now, let's say I did... Oh. And because I paid really close attention and I documented how hard I went during the workouts uh, or during that run workout or during that bike workout, you know, like how many, um, how many watts over how many minutes total. Oh, and I did something really cool. I'll tell, tell you in a minute. Um, I know the work that I did and then now I can see 
with the space afterwards, how long it takes me to recover. And, and knowing these things, I can be like, okay, Brett needs, if he works this hard, he needs this much recovery time to work out from it. Let's, let's uh, lessen the load of the intervals and the, the, the length of the intervals a little bit so that we're not as sore afterwards and can get back to training sooner in a way that actually improves me instead of just keeps tearing me down. Now, if you just keep training and training and training, run in the morning, run in the evening, bike at lunch, blah, 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 you, you're kind of ruining your ability to see what impact a workout has. And um, this morning, I did something really cool. The Sunto Ambit, you're allowed to uh, create your own apps on the watch. So you can download apps and load them in there like... You can assume how many calories in a beer, and it'll tell you how many beers that you've run. Things like that. That's a really fun one. Um, you, it'll tell you how many miles are left in an event uh, of your choice. Like It's really cool. They have a little app store in there. They're all free. And um, I wrote one that maybe I ought to tell more people about it that will tell you how many minutes, how many seconds, and then it rolls over in the minutes and hours, uh, you've spent above a certain wattage. And I've written another one a while back that'll tell you how many seconds, minutes, hours, whatever, in a workout you've spent over a certain heart rate. you got to plug in the heart rate or the watts. So I'm wanting to, I'm wanting to know uh, if my threshold is 280 watts, I want to know... Um, how much time I'm above that threshold during a workout. And once I hit a certain time, I can say, okay, I'm done. You know, like you're, you're done going hard. That's really cool. I just loaded it into my, in, into my watch this morning. I've got one for a time above heart rate already, and I know it works. And I'm uh, actually really happy about that. I'm probably going to use it tonight. I got bike intervals tonight. And... I think there was something else, but now I can't remember what it is, and I'll get back to you all in a bit. Out. Oh, by the way, I'm still driving around with the heat in my car on full blast. <laughs> oh, and I, I swam uh, this morning in the neighborhood pool, and it was freaking freezing, man. Oh, I know what I wanted to talk about. Um, I've modified my workouts to do the interval work, the really high-quality stuff, in a way where... I'm um, pretty much the first 20 to 25 minutes is just cruising along easy, holding back as much as you can possibly stand. And the more I do this and the more uh, interval I w- work I do with uh, as, I, as I zero in on how much is appropriate, right? Um, and actually it's less than I, than I, was, than I want. And um, it's allowing me to recover enough so that when I go out and do the eat, go out and start a workout uh, after 20, 25 minutes in, I am just amped to do intervals again. And uh, um, so I can start off my workout um, really relaxed and, and loose and feeling fine instead of feeling like crap and trying to make things work. And another thing I've noticed is. Um, I'm able now to go train 
uh, for an hour, like we're supposed to be able to do hour and a half and not need any fuel at all. And it's so nice. Um, the, the, the nice, the really nice, long, long, casual warm up with no agenda whatsoever. Um, it does something with your metabolism where it allows your systems to come online. I think if you, if you start off too fast, uh, too early, then um, your body has to burn um, excess calories because uh, it's really inefficient at that point, right? It, it, this makes total sense. It's very inefficient, inefficient because it hasn't warmed up. It's like an engine, and it's, it's wasting fuel left and right um, to try to make things happen. And um, so then you need all kinds of extra fuel during your workout to, um, to compensate for this, right? And that messes up your metabolism and all kinds of crap. So, all right, that's what's happened lately. <laughs> oh my God, I'm dying in this car. It's so hot. Oh. All right, just finished a killer swim, leaving the pool, and also got some awesome stuff to tell you about working out last night. Really cool workout, but I can't talk about it right now because I promised a listener that I wouldn't eat on the show, and I need to eat right now. So you're going to have to wait. I'm going to eat a kind bar that has peanuts and dark chocolate in it because I just finished a swim, and I want the peanuts for uh, the protein. I don't know. I've convinced myself I need this thing. And... Um, and then I'm going to drink water. And he said he will not donate $60 <laughs> to Kai's Bike Fund <laughs> unless I don't eat on the show. If I, if I eat and he hears me slurping, here's the candy bar, candy bar, whatever, right here. Uh, if he hears me slurping or chewing or whatever, he's not going to donate. So you're all going to have to wait. Hold on. Okay, I'm back. Oh, man, that was good. Except the water tasted like like watered down coffee because I had water in that I had coffee in that bottle earlier today well okay uh 3400 meter swim uh doing intervals nice warm up for about 15 minutes and then pounding out um seven minute long intervals with like five seven minutes rest in between just kind of varied whatever I want when you finish an interval uh I was on a swim team in high school where we would walk 50 yards and it's a little bit of breaststroke walking to help you recover. And that would actually authorize you to go pretty hard on that interval, you know, because you know you're going to walk when you're done so you can catch your breath. Um, so it's really, really good stuff. Got out of the water feeling all pumped and jacked. I feel freaking amazing. I feel so strong um, instead of beat down. I feel like I'm getting stronger and stronger, like I'm lifting weights. Oh, man, it's so freaking great. But uh, let's see, last night... I, before I went, I wanted to go run. I needed to go run. It was on my own plan. And I, I was faced with a, a bit of a conundrum. Like, I wanted to run outside, man. It was nice outside. But I needed to, to run intervals. And intervals running are best run uphill. That way you, I need to make my legs stronger. And um, uphill is how you make your legs stronger. You know, it provides a lot of resistance. So... <sighs> Can I go? Can I go? I'm going. Okay, I'm going. And <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm uh, I've got a treadmill in my house, 
you know, for running when it's nasty weather and whatever else. And I'm like, well, I don't want to run on the treadmill. I want to run outside. And we get so caught up in being one thing or the other. Things got to be one way or the other. We, it's so hard for us sometimes to think outside of the box. And then I was like, oh, I'll do this. I'll run. Uh, it's raining outside. I'm driving in the rain, if y'all can hear it. I'll drive. Uh, drive. I'll run outside for half an hour. I've got a three-mile loop that leaves from my house and comes back. So I'll run that loop outside. It's really pleasant. It's got varying scenery and stuff. And then I'll... Um, <clears throat> a little confused by the driver in front of me right now. And then I'll uh, uh, get on the treadmill when I'm done running that loop and then run my intervals uphill on the treadmill. Oh, and I also live where there's... It's rolling terrain, but our steepest hill is like 2 or 3%, you know. And it's only a couple minutes long, three minutes long at most. So it's not really worth anything. And and I was like, oh, God, outside, then inside. I mean, it's all kind of whatever. I guess I'll, I'll give it a try and see what happens. Well, when I was done doing all this, I loved it, man. It was freaking great. I'm totally hooked. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I ran uh, three miles easy half an hour easy outside and then I came inside and then ran the uh, treadmill for my intervals that it's three times seven minutes uphill and it's cool with a treadmill I can push my body um, exactly for what it needs I can uh, I can tell what needs work when I start going uphill do I should I do more resistance or what am I struggling with right now you know what, what do I need to push my boundary just a little bit and is it, yeah, is it more, do I need more steep so it's more resistance and uh, it's just more pushing on my legs? Or do I need to uh, make it not quite as steep but increase the speed to, um, to work on my turnover, you know, to, to work on my cadence? And I just kind of, you know, it's just buttons, just a little half a percent grade here, percent grade there, you know, half a mile per hour here and there. Ten, you can do it to tenths of a mile per hour. I mean, at one point I was running 10% grade to really wear out my legs, um, but the turnover's not very fast, you know? So the next one I did uh, like 4% grade at like eight miles per hour, you know, to, to work on the, um, the turnover, but still give me some, some work going uphill, you know? It was really, really cool. So uh, I'm on the treadmill running like this, and you know, the bike is sitting next to me on the, um, on the trainer, and I started thinking, you know, why? Because you got to do bike one day or bike in the morning and run in the afternoon or whatever. I'm like, why aren't we doing... Because the gear's sitting right next to each other. Why Why am I not doing, you know, warm up by biking or running or whatever. And then do a bike interval and then a run interval. You have know, like five minutes easy of whatever in between. No big deal. And then a bike interval and then a run interval. And just keep alternating them, you know? for like two of each or, or something, or, you know, four, I don't know. And, and, uh, you never hear of anybody doing that, you know, of, of, um, I mean, you kind of do, but you hear people doing bricks, right. But you never hear of anybody doing intervals of say five, seven, 10 minutes or something like that, where one of them is, um, 
is on the bike and the other one's on the on the run, right? And then switching back and forth. And then I thought, well, it must not it must not work if uh, nobody's doing it. And then I'm like, well, but man, innovation comes from somebody trying something that everybody else thinks probably doesn't work or hadn't thought of doing yet. <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> like. Here I am on the treadmill doing my intervals after I ran outside, you know, to warm up a, a very casual run. You know, I'm doing something that you normally wouldn't do. You normally would either run outside or run inside. People always say, I don't want to run inside. You know, I want to run outside. And uh, there I was mixing it up. Okay. I might try it this weekend. I don't know if I want to mess. I need to get in some, you know, good workouts before Ironman Texas. And I don't know if I want to mess up. I don't think it would be bad. I just don't know if it's as valuable as doing them, you know, their own way. And so maybe after Ironman Texas, I'll, I'll mess around. I don't know. I'll see whatever I'll, uh, I get curious with. And another thing I've noticed of doing long warm-up, like 20 minutes, 15, 20, 30 minutes, and then doing intervals, and then, um, which I'm finding is just fantastic, and making me feel fantastic and, and strong and all that stuff is that I am n- n- again over and over and over again. I'm going through workouts without eating anything, and I'm going over an hour, hour and ten minutes, and I'm going hard during those intervals. And um, last night on the uh, on the run, I had the tiniest sip of honey before my last interval just to see if it would help and it might have it might have helped some um i didn't really it turned out i didn't really need it one way or the other i couldn't tell that it helped me a lot and then um the the swim this morning i thought well i'm gonna try the tiniest sip of honey um right as I'm getting into the water and I'm swimming like 15 minutes. Holy crap, that was really the wrong thing to do. The, um, this thing where, uh, you know, high speed sugar, um, just lifts you up and then bottoms out your blood sugar really fast is totally true. So one, I didn't need it, um, cause I'd already had breakfast a while ago. And then two, when I, when I did have that, it freaking bottomed me out like quick. And I had to, I just said, just keep swimming. You hardly had any honey at all. It was just the tiniest amount. So you won't need, um, you don't need like to take more to recover you or anything like that. Just keep swimming and you'll just keep swimming. Just keep swimming like Nemo. <laughs> uh, you'll be fine. Um, and I did, I ended up being fine. And, um, it's just a absolutely amazing of how uh, my fueling requirements have gone 180 degrees um, by reducing the volume and doing uh, just interval workouts and doing it and also doing a really long, long warm up and letting all my systems come online. It's just fantastic. Um, I think the upsides are that uh, I just saw this morning, Maca posted that he spent uh, two hours at the dentist getting two cavities filled, right? Uh, the, the lack of sugar all in your mouth is, um, is better for you. And then, um, the, uh, it gives you the opportunity to eat, uh, veggies and healthy stuff more 
uh, during the day. You're not having to pile on calories. I went to, um, I thought my phone call with Tawny was uh, yesterday. And so um, I called her and she goes, oh, I'm on another phone call. What time is it? And and then I realized, oh, crap, I'm the one that messed up the time zone. (laughs) I messed up the time zones. And now I'm stuck for uh, like half an hour or more with nothing to do. And I'm sitting in the parking lot of a grocery grocery store. So I'm like, well, I'm going to go in there and uh, get some veggies, man. So I, I got a, um, a tray, you know, like a party tray, but small. It was uh, three quarters of a pound, which really isn't all that much, of carrots and broccoli, you know, raw, that you could dip in sauce if you wanted to. They have the ones that come with dipping sauce of ranch. And I'm like, man, I'm just going to get just plain and eat that. And I snacked on that all yesterday afternoon. I ate almost half of it. <laughs> And it felt amazing. I was like, ah, oh, man. And I want to talk about more, talk about that some more in another um, training log or another episode or something like that. Anyways, I got to go into W to the ERK. Nice talking to you all. Have a great day. Out, bang. All right, here we are. Okay, I just recorded over lunch the um, the latest news with Tawny. Man, she is so cool. I could I could do a... a uh, a news episode with her freaking daily. Man, I wish triathlon was moving that fast. That'd be pretty cool. Um, and hopefully, yeah, she'll send me a swim video of herself swimming so we can see what's going on with her and, and get her fixed up. And let's see. Oh, I forgot. Uh, I was going to mention this earlier. Uh, last night's run on the treadmill, um, I had I turned off. I had all the windows closed and the um, the fans turned off and ran, you know, uh, got ended up being over half an hour. It's like 33 minutes of interval work, you know, so hard. And it was after I was already warmed up um, on the treadmill in this pretty small room. It's our guest bedroom. And uh, I ended up sweating all over the place, but um, never was I uncomfortably hot or too hot, I should say. Uh, so the heat training seems to be working where um, uh, I was able to, to run just fine and, and some what well, was probably so I, I need to look up on my uh, training log and see what the temperature was in that room what it peaked out at I was definitely sweating a lot um, and it wasn't bothering me at all and again one of my techniques is what I'm doing right now I'm wearing three layers I'm wearing an undershirt a long sleeve shirt and a jacket and uh, zipped up all the way to my neck and I'm driving in my car with the heater on the highest setting and the fan on to uh, it's not I don't it doesn't seem like it needs to be big doses it just needs to be on occasion of the super hot and then the uh, the occasion the uh, all day on the verge of sweating like wearing enough layers where uh, yeah uh, when when I was interviewing Tawny, at one point I realized my back was sweating. I was like, oh, that's gross. <laughs> I'm like, hey, that's what it takes. Anyway, that's it. Out, bang. All right. This should be the last entry for the training log. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> we are getting close to about a week out from Ironman, Texas. And I had a, um, a killer run this morning. I want to describe how I did it. For y'all, y'all, and talked to Tawny Prazak yesterday, which was good. And um, right now, I'm listening to Marcus Aurelius, who was the Roman emperor 
who wrote down, he was trained in Stoicism, I believe. He's constantly referred to in Stoicism. And it's very Zen-like. And um, very, very Zen-like. And being the most powerful man in the world, it's really cool. He wrote down um, his thoughts all the time. And um, he was a very humble and um, liked leader and did it right. And so it's a hugely popular book. Um, even though he didn't write it as a book, people after him collected it and um, it eventually got turned into a book. It's five hours and change on audible.com. It's very dry um, the way the guy's reading it. It's not very entertaining at all. Um, so it's actually, if you're doing, I've figured out that if you're doing anything else while you're listening to it, um, you'll zone out and not really pay attention to it. So I think it's, I'm learning it's more of a um, lay down and uh, just listen kind of thing as you're going to sleep or just want to relax for half an hour or something like that. Just listen to his thoughts. and Because uh, I've been listening to it while I'm brushing my teeth and getting ready for work. And it's, uh, I'm missing most of it. <laughs> okay, the uh, run this morning, um, I did something really interesting. Well, not interesting. I switched. Um, I'm doing intervals. I've been doing intervals on the bike, and then the next day, intervals on the run, and then a rest day, and then intervals on the bike, and then intervals on the run, and then a rest day. Um, what I've figured out. Uh, just in the past few days was I decided to switch and do intervals on the run one day and then intervals on the bike on the bike the next day and then a rest day and on my rest day I'll either swim or or uh, either or I'll swim one of the other days and um, it's the opposite end of the body and um, I was struggling doing the uh, intervals on the bike, and then the next day doing intervals on the run, my run legs were just kind of shot from being tired from the run, or from the bike, and the um, the problem is you're trying to run, and you can't get a good run workout in because you're having to, it's different than being on the bike, you're having to hold your body in a particular position, and um, you're wobbly, because your legs aren't very strong and what happens is uh, you end up not getting a good run workout because you're not you're too unbalanced because your legs are are uh, are a little weak from the bike and um, but say you flipped it around and you did um, run intervals you did you had a rest day so you're pretty recovered and then you do run intervals first and then on day one and then day two you do bike intervals well because you're sitting on the bike you don't need all that extra balance and motor tuning to uh, keep your body upright and to get a good bike workout you can actually uh, the bike is more forgiving than the run and that's the uh, better way if you're going to do intervals two days in a row um, do the run first and then the bike and then a rest day and uh, 
um, the the Sammy method, and a lot of people will tell you that uh, brick running, trying to get a quality run workout, and that's what really matters more than anything is quality over quantity, is uh, trying to to run on tired legs from the bike is very counterproductive and you're just shooting yourself in the foot in the leg huh. that um, and yeah it's true man you know if you're trying to get a quality run man if your legs are tired at all then yeah you're, you're just a mess dude you're like a wet bowl of spaghetti like all over the place you can still do a pretty good workout but it's nothing my run workout this morning was fantastic having a rest day you know and having a nice break between my last workout and then now this. Okay, so I'm running this morning. It's humid outside, really humid. It's like 75 degrees, but like nearly 100% humidity and no wind really to speak of. And I thought to myself, well, I'll go run outside. And I ran half an hour with the dog. And what I did was after about 25 minutes, I started doing an interval and then when I ended up at the house, I dropped off the dog because it's humid and, and even though my dog is a freaking badass, like he's a huge black lab. That's just a beast, man. Um, any dog in uh, high humidity and uh, warmer weather is going to really, really struggle after just, you know, just a little bit of running hard. And um, so I dropped him off and then... I live on a loop that has, uh, um, I live on a cul-de-sac that right off the cul-de-sac has a half mile loop around my house, almost exactly half a mile. And it's got two rises and two falls in it. One of the rises is pretty good. It's probably a, um, it's really short, but it's probably like a 4% grade. Uh, but only for like a minute, you know, if you're running pretty fast and, um, so I dropped the dog off and then I did two more intervals of, uh, around that loop and I loved it, man. It was really, really cool. Um, I think I figured out something. I, it's out on the open road, you know, but it's a loop and it's a half mile. Um, and it's got rise and fall on it. I think all around, like it's a really good training, um, a really good training environment. I was able, unlike the treadmill, I was able to um, really open up my legs. I'm so tall that I worry on the treadmill that I'm going to run off of it or like kick something by accident or, you know, I think you run or that my knees are going to hit the um, little control panel in front of me. And um, so running on the open road is actually a little bit better. Oh, and then another reason that I didn't do the treadmill is... When I started running, I felt a little twinge of pain in my uh, left, the left underside of my foot, the plantar fasciitis area, just the tiniest twinge of pain. And I'm like, oh, that's from running inclines on the treadmill the other day. We talked about that. Um, that's the beginning of an injury. So let's run on, you know, not as steep stuff for sustained periods of time. And uh, running outside where it's just a gentle rolling terrain would probably be a little bit better. And then one time while running, my uh, something else hurt first. Oh, my Achilles tendon on my right foot kind of hurt just briefly for a minute. 
and I was like, yep, that's the treadmill with, you know, the steeper treadmill where I set it to the other day. Um, so I, I stuck with outside where the terrain isn't as intense as what I would be wanting to do on the treadmill, you know, treadmill, I can do 10% grade. (laughs) And, uh, so I figured outside where it's gentle, gentler, more gentle, um, would be better. And that's what I stuck with. Making sure I got my food. Okay. So there was all that. Um, Kai is, uh, he's got a soccer tournament on Saturday. I got a long bike ride on Saturday and I'm going to probably miss some of his soccer tournament, but he's going to play several games. Hopefully it's a, it's a, what do you call instant elimination? Um, and that's, uh, hopefully they'll win their first game and I can catch the second and third games. And then, um, Sunday, this is cool. We're going to Houston and watching Kai, uh, in a in a bicycle crit race, his first ever crit race. That's going to be super exciting. I hope it pans out. You know, we're talking about the future here. So who actually knows what will go on? Um, I've gained a little bit of weight, like uh, probably four, five pounds. Um, I think it has to do with... Um, uh, the, the decrease in volume doesn't burn as much calories and I'm, I'm having to kind of figure out how much to eat and uh, not be so afraid of being tired during my workouts. Uh, this morning's workout, you know, trying to, trying to bring the calorie count back down, I didn't eat enough this morning. So this morning's workout, uh, my first interval was a little bit weak and um, I was a little bit lightheaded when I was warming up and um, when I dropped, the cool thing about doing a run where you, where you run like half an hour or, you know, run wherever. And then I swing back by the house is I can, um, along with dropping off the dog before I do intervals, I can, um, I can, uh, pick up water and a little bit of fuel if I want. I've got that flask with a little bit of, uh, watered down honey in it. And that was perfect. That made me feel better. But it was crazy. I only needed the uh, tiniest bit. Then I was fine again. And wait, hold on. Okay, I'm back. Sorry. The um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was is um, I right now currently I've found a really really nice balance of of um, of working out uh, where I feel so good. Um, and my skin is actually clearing up. I've had this, uh, vitiligo or <laughs> I've already called it impetigo. And Emily's like, I don't think that's what you got. You get impetigo from like eating feces or something. But, um, vitiligo is where you, your skin, um, pigment starts fading away. Michael Jackson disease. You're, uh, you get blotches of, of, uh, white skin. It happens to a lot, a lot of people. And a lot of people, you can't tell white people. It's hard to tell that they've got it. Um, but my skin seems to be clearing up and it's an immune deficiency, immune auto, autoimmune disorder. That's what it is. Um, probably from stressing out your body too much, you could probably act, you know, kick this off. And, um, since I quit being vegan and added in meat and, uh, fat, which has a lot of different vitamins and, uh, and then I quit trying to uh, be so lean, um, and especially, uh, that kind of stopped it. And then now just recently, since I've started decreasing the volume and, and, um, 
focusing more on rest and recovery, it seems to be reversing. So I don't know. Could be related, maybe not. <clears throat> Everything's related to each other in one way or another, but it's so complicated it's hard to tell, you know, what's going on. So but the other thing is I've what I what I meant to say is I've I've found a really nice balance lately. <laughs> things are always changing of of working out and then um enough rest and recovery to allow me to work out hard and then the working out hard with the uh, intensity stuff is just feels so good and it makes you feel stronger which is i think really critical to humans uh to uh you know for happiness is you want to feel powerful you know in some way or another there's a very delicate balance between um uh going uh, too long when you're trying to go hard and overdoing it and uh, the incl- inclination to do more. And um, again, I want to be careful to say, you know, I don't have it all figured out, but um, the right balance lately, it seems like I've found a really nice, let's not say right, let's say a very nice balance of rest and recovery. And um, that allows me, and, and then also doing the workouts that allows me to um, go uh, really hard, like really, really hard on the uh, interval stuff that um, makes me, uh, you get that nice release of, you know, runner's high endorphins and it makes you feel like you're getting somewhere and you're, you're, you know, doing to your potential, which is really important. We talked about that at the beginning of the show. Um, It allows you to put in hard work to see who you really are. And that validation at the end of the workout that you just feel great is really important. And these, um, uh, it's just really nice. And I won't go too much into it into this podcast because I don't want to give out exact numbers of what works because I think it varies per person. And I don't, I don't think I have it. I don't think uh, I have it exactly figured out. And I don't want people to, um, you know, run with numbers that, that, uh, may not, may not work for them. And then they try too hard to do what Brett's doing. And, um, but I can, t- for example, what I figured out is, you know, for me is, uh, intervals on the, on the run first one day on Monday and then intervals on the bike on Tuesday and then uh, rest day on Wednesday, and then repeat. Uh, right now it seems to be like um, a really smart way, but how long those intervals are, how to execute the intervals, um, how long to warm up, um, how much rest, how to tell all these things is a, um, it's a very individual thing that I think over time, maybe if I continue with this, I'll, um, I'll start giving details if, if uh, it seems to make more sense. But anyway, that's it. Um, Stay tuned for the next episode. We'll have the run up to Ironman Texas. Maybe Ironman Texas itself in the next episode. I think, yeah, maybe. And um, I think that's it. All right. Everybody stay safe out there. Work the uphills. Cruise the downhills. And keep the rubber side down. Out. Out.